0: Hi guys, I'm Danny Flaherty. I am an actor and a musician. I've been friends with Paul for a really long time. We've been on the struggle bus of acting for a long, long time together now. I'm so glad to be able to talk with him today on his show, Points of Experience.
1: Danny is one of the first friends I met in this business. He was actually probably, he was the, um, not that I'm asked catch him, but he was kind of the rival. He was like my Gary in a way. He was always the guy doing the thing, and he was like the cool kid who was booking and working, and I really looked up to Danny even though he was younger than me, and I just really was envious of, um, how... Himself, he was, and how truthful he was, and how authentic. And he was working and booking, and I and I was like, "This is the person who's booking it. Why? I'm going out for the same things. Why is he booking it?" And it was because he was talented. It's because he's good at what he does. He has worked so consistently as an actor, um, and he really, in this episode, talks about the realities of what it's like, even being a, 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 a working journeyman actor working with some of the best in the business. I mean, he was one of the leads on the MTV show Skins. He's worked on countless series. He was uh, in The Wolf of Wall Street. He was one of the leads in The Americans. He, uh, The Trial of the Chicago 7 with Aaron Sorkin and countless other amazing films. Check out Goat if you haven't seen it. Brock was also in that. King Jack. One of my favorite people. Someone who really breaks down the reality of what it's like to be an actor, especially in New York, and uh, I'm I'm just glad that we were able to have a really truthful, authentic conversation. Um, Danny Flatterdy coming up. It's getting warmer now, like it is kind of the first time that I'm like, because I, I I went home for Christmas and everything, and I was yeah. I should have we should have we should have met up, man. But you know, it uh, didn't
0: matter because I had COVID anyway. <laughs> oh so shit, man. You your
1: fir- The first time you had it?
0: Uh, that was my second time having it. It really wasn't that bad, but I, uh, you know what? It was weird because like the first time I had it, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to do anything. And then this time when I got COVID, all I wanted to do was eat and I was very lethargic. So I just sat on my couch. I played Rust for like hours on end and ate <laughs> so much food that I actually ended up gaining nine pounds. Which is so messed up, but yeah. So now I'm on the, now I'm on the journey to lose that nine pounds I gained. So I'm a little chubbed up in the face right now.
1: So honestly, man, I when I went home for Christmas, my mom just like. There's no, there was no, there was no sense of like how much can you consume in a day. It was just like I got this, you have to eat it, and there was going to be an, an immense disrespect if I didn't eat all the food. So I'm in the process of, of losing ten pounds right now myself. But I wanted to say earlier too, we were talking about L.A. and um, like the infrastructure things in the water. There was something I was I wanted to say. Uh, Jersey gets more water. I can't remember. So there's no point yeah. in going back to it. Um, But yeah, that was pretty gnarly.
0: Jersey, when it floods here, it floods really bad, man, like, and I think we're just so used to it that it just doesn't really phase us, like, my whole parking lot in my apartment complex turns into, like, a pool, and there's just so much leaves and crap that gets caught in there, so it just doesn't drain, and it's, like, oh, it's so bad.
1: (laughs) I miss it, honestly, I mean, this was, this was, for anyone who doesn't know, LA, we just had, like, a crazy storm of sorts, and it was, like, people were surfing the streets and stuff, but it was, oh, that's it was, it was not oh this is what I was gonna say I remember now I went on a run and normally because it's like so dry and it's like a desert out here that when I left everything was dead and when I came back everything is lush and green and it was like oh Oh, this is what it's supposed to look like well I guess it is a desert. It's never really supposed to look like this, but uh, <laughs> yeah. it was it was, it was was nice. Like, it was really cool and nice to see all the greenery back and the, the shrubbery and the stuff that you never see. Like, even on the driving down, whatever, the 405, like, or, yeah, the 405? I still don't even know the highways here, man. Whatever it is, like, yeah. all in the hills, you see, like, all the green, and that was like, I was like, okay, that, that I can mess it's with. It's nicer
0: than coming from Jersey, too, because here, I mean, everything's just dead, and we haven't had any snow, and it's just terrible. It's like, yeah. every day is either gloomy and it's just like, it's like getting hot too. Like the other day it was like 60 something. I was like, why is it 60 degrees? And I, I'd rather be cold and snowing right now than yeah. be sweating. Cause I put on too many layers when I left the house. You know what I mean? But I, it's just do, unpredictable, it's annoying.
1: Do you not enjoy, I have a thing where I like my preferred like outfit of the day is like a t-shirt, a hoodie. And a jacket over the hoodie and jeans. That's like my preferred go-to outfit. Yeah, I do like
0: I do like a t-shirt, flannel, jacket. Yeah. yeah.
1: So it's kind of kind of similar, and that's why I can't wear any of that out here. I, I, <laughs> I wear board yeah, right? shorts. I feel like such a freaking, like L.A. wannabe. I I wear just
0: board shorts and tank tops. I didn't get that. You probably miss your hoodies so much, right?
1: Yeah, I try to wear them. I mean, this has been cold for the last two months, and now coming up in a week, it'll be back to. Normal. I have so much sweatshirts when
0: winter. I when it gets into spring and it's like sweatshirt season is ending, I always get so sad. And I'm like, yeah. oh, I have to put all these away. This sucks, you know. <laughs>
1: well I I dude, I, I love you told me you got that for five bucks, which is an absolute steal. Yeah, like,
0: like, like, I mean, I don't wanna like really say I support Wish.com, but I mean <laughs> I literally got it. Or Ali AliExpress, one of those, AliExpress, whatever. AliExpress, yeah. Yeah, I saw you know I was I was looking up uh, enamel pins actually for a friend. And like this just popped up, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, five bucks! All right." And the shipping was like three dollars, so in total it was like eight bucks. But whatever, it's actually like good quality. I'm surprised. I thought it was just gonna be like an iron on, yeah. but I've watched it like five times now, and it's like it hasn't gone away. It's it looks fresh, man. Yeah. I just I just I just bought. Really I pre-ordered.
1: Um, did you ever play Final Fantasy XI, the MMORPG? Uh, no, I
0: never played XI, but you know, I I've watched people play it, and yeah. So, I yeah. Well, what I, about.
1: they this is I think it's now it's the twentieth anniversary of the game I think, and they just released like a bunch of Square released a bunch of merch for the game, and I bought like a um, what is it like a jacket that has like all of the cities on the back of it, and oh, I was like, that's cool. I'm gonna shell out the money, ridiculous money, for this jacket because yeah. it's everything that I want to wear. Um, God, all right, before I not. before I go down this rabbit hole of all this bullshit, we're gonna talk about. Do you do you remember the first time we actually met?
0: I don't know. I'm guessing it was on an audition. Do you yeah. remember? Yes, I do. Was it the fir- in, um I feel like it was for a commercial or something.
1: Oh well, now you're gonna throw my ah s- uh, no, because it, it could have been for a commercial too. Now that I think about it, but the first memory that I have, like uh, that I have ingrained in me, is, and I remember only because you wound up booking the film was for the uh, for the movie you did contest. Oh yes. So I, rem- I I can distinctively remember like there was um and I don't remember a lot of auditions like this, but I remember there was like a ledge. Like, it might have been at that place, um, the, it, it, all right,
0: the network, maybe? was at maybe? that place, yeah, okay, it was at that place that there's the one side with the commercials, and the other side, and there's, like, the two doors, and they're kind of like, you
1: yes. know what I'm talking about? Yes, yes, yeah. I, or, wait, is that, is that, um, um, God, four hundred. It's definitely not like anymore, but, I mean. Yeah, whatever it was, but I remember, so we're, we're gonna have a little funny story here, so for anybody here who doesn't know who Danny is, those he cool is- metal
0: benches. Yes, Sorry I yes! Uh, will know. Cool
1: Danny is a phenomenal actor, and the first time I remember meeting you for, like, because I feel like I had seen you a couple of times before, and we were with the same manager, yeah. Shirley
0: Grant. I remember Man. seeing you all the time, and, like, yeah.
1: But for you, like, I knew, I knew who you were probably before you knew who I was, because when I signed with Shirley Grant, like, there was only a handful of pictures that were like framed, they had that very nice.
0: Skin picture of me on the fence, like oh, I yeah, hate that picture so much. Strategically
1: placed right oh. there to let you know, like, all right, here's our workhorses, they and it's to, you.
0: When you walked in down the steps and that yeah. thing was there, and I always be like, oh god, what? that's the worst picture ever. <laughs> it was you, and it was the Jonas Brothers
1: and mm-hmm. Dasha at the time, who was on. Yes. Uh, Orange is the new, the new black. I remember it yeah. was like all of you were there. And I remember in the beginning when I was starting out, this is my first manager at the time who was in Jersey. We had the same manager. And, like, I have to go there a couple of times starting out to do my auditions. Like, you'd yeah. ha- you'd go to that their little room there. Little and room. Dave would tape us. Blue room, yeah. Yeah, that blue room. So I knew who you were. And I think maybe I'd seen you a couple of times. But the first time we actually talked, I think, was – I either you came up to me or I, I must have came up to you. I'm not gonna, like, there's no way I you think, knew who I was. I
0: think you, I think I saw you a lot too, and I would recognize you just from like seeing you at auditions. There was a couple people I used to recognize like that, yes. too. Um, there was another friend I used to have, um, Graham. I used to see him at auditions all the time, mm. and then he just fell off and I never saw him again. And I'm guessing he quit acting, but like, <sighs> you know, you meet those kids on auditions that you just like, hey, what's up? Like, how's your day going? But I remember you coming to me. I think you said, hey, we have the same manager or whatever. Probably. And we started talking and I think, yeah, we just became friends. Like it was like, I don't know. It was like, you know, a click. Well, you probably had your skateboard and I probably had my longboard at the time. I so, think I think it was something like that. And I was like, oh, yeah. you skate, dude? Because I do yeah. that to everybody. <laughs> season, oh, you skate, bro?
1: Is but it that sick was in
0: the streets of New York. Yes.
1: It honestly, that was kind of my life, and that was it. it was cool to yeah. like do that, and I and I really miss that camaraderie of meeting all the people because even at like at Abrams yeah. you'd sit in like for voiceovers at the time it'd be like all of us like me you uh, Josh Flitter like all those you know all yeah. the same people always hanging out and like you'd get to meet people and that kind of doesn't and exist you would anymore you'd just
0: talk and you'd be like oh and everyone would be like yo break legs like I hope you get it and it was all like very like everyone was nice back then yeah. I feel like you know what I mean it kind like, of it, all of that disappeared with COVID for sure but also like even before COVID, though, I felt felt like it was kind of pushing into that self-tape realm also, yeah. even before COVID, because I remember I wasn't in the city for, like, a very long time, and then uh, the first time I had to go back into the city was to go meet Aaron, Aaron Sorkin for the callbacks for um, Chicago 7, mm. and it was my first time in the city in a really long time, and I was, like, so surprised, because everything, when I initially auditioned for that, I self-taped. I feel like they were only doing callbacks, where, like... In, in person? person at that time. Yeah. And then once COVID hit, it was like everything is freaking online. It was so crazy.
1: I'm I'm torn living out here because I despise driving. Like, I don't like driving, really, and yeah. the, the, the public transit doesn't exist. But if I was in New York, I would give up self-tape in a minute to just go into the office yeah, to, like, have too. that energy, too. Because here's the other thing, and it's especially it, – it, it, it makes a lot of sense, especially for having you on because – you were someone who, like, if there wasn't something I went out for, you more than likely booked the fucking thing that I wanted to book. <laughs> All the time. Like, I can, I, like, oh, they, like I remember so going funny. in for so many things, and, like, I was like, oh, yeah, Danny got it. That makes that makes sense. No, I remember sorry, going but- in. I remember <laughs> going in for the Americans. And oh, yeah. And here's a funny story about the, the Americans at that time, is I remember I went in. It was at, um gosh that uh, what tell uh uh Tess- telsy. Tessly.
0: Tessly. telsy telsy yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. telsy whatever it was i remember it was there and ross myerson was casting it and yep. uh i go in and he's just started reading the wrong sides he's just re- <laughs> he was reading a completely different character and it was for Eric. and i'm like i'm like do do i say anything like he was going down for a Dude, while and I- do
0: that sometimes right like yeah <laughs> that's really funny that you say that and I then he was just there. Oh man. He was reading I my actually what it was, he was reading
1: time. my lines. He was reading mine uh, instead of was... the Yeah, yeah. Anyway,
0: go on. I remember uh, being in his office one time and I he like handed me this script and I was like, Oh, this isn't for the right project and he goes, Oh, it's not. Uh, you know what? Just audition for it anyway. And so <laughs> I just like read for this role and I think that ended up being like Merowitz stories and I had that like really small part in Merowitz stories on Netflix so I literally said one word yeah. which was just like oh bye like that was it like, <laughs> I just found it so funny he was like oh we weren't supposed to read for that but whatever just read for it it's like so weird
1: that's the other thing too about going in person that it's completely exactly, gone things is like that can
0: happen you know all the time
1: just, or they realize you're not right for the role you're reading for. They're like, actually, yeah. read for this. And that's happened to me so many times. Yeah,
0: and they'll switch the roles on you. You know what it is? it is, too? It's the energy, also. Like, you go, you do a self-tape now, right? And I, I do it with my girlfriend. And, you know, she'll Stephanie, she'll be like, oh, I didn't like that take. Like, do it this way. And then to her, I'm like, you know, it's my girlfriend. So I'm like, no, I disagree with you. You know, I mean? yeah, you, yeah, would yeah. Say, you would never say that to a <laughs> director. You would just switch right away and do it, you know? And also that nervous energy you got right before you went in the room, it kind of like helped you like, I don't know, like to me, it helped surge me, you know, and get me excited. And like, it helped me trans really transform into the role where when I do it at home, I, 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 it's not that I don't care as much, but I don't have that same like passion and like nervousness that you had when you originally like went into a room, you know.
1: Mm-hmm. You well, there's the stakes are so much higher. You see yeah. all of your competition there. It's yeah, so and, and it's you know crazy. you only have one or two, maybe three if it's crazy chances at the thing. You have to it's, walk in ready.
0: Yeah. And that's it's funny that, you said uh Sorry to cut you off about, uh, like, me getting things over you. And you said you see so many people there. Like, I would go into auditions sometimes, and I would see, like, Rory Culkin sitting there. And be like, okay, yeah. well, I've got this part. <laughs> I was like, well, like, I should just go home now. <laughs> like,
1: there's so many times – I remember there's – it's like a classic Hollywood story in a way. But I remember going in for, like um, – it was this like it was either Spider-Man or one of those equivalent things that they were yeah. casting. And, like, the probably the Andrew Garfield ones mm-hmm. when – I remember – I I had no chance, like, and they already had, like, people, like, they had, like, you know, Nat, and all those people were already in there, and I'm like, yeah, there's just, I know I'm not even being, they're just, like, filling a quota right now from the agencies or whatever, and...
0: I feel like that happens to me all the time now, especially, too. It's crazy.
1: That's, I mean, we were talking about it with one of those auditions uh, that you had done recently. I'm like, you're freaking killing it, man. Like, you're... I it's such a competitive time right now because I feel like a lot of these studios and the networks and the shows, they don't want to take a risk in any capacity. So I feel like I feel like they're casting things up front and they're like, all right, let's put this offer out. Let's get some insurances because similarly to you, I have had so many pins for things and I'm like, I killed this and they're like asking me my like it's getting far and then yeah. it gets to a point where they're just like oh we released your pin next time I'm like what I, yeah. I, I I'm I, I'm I'm like I'm and then I and then I haven't seen many of the things come out but me, like I think and I can't be certain about this I think I auditioned for the role Elijah Wood is playing in freaking yellow jackets oh
0: really <laughs> and I'm Probably. like I'm, I and I'm like and I'm like
1: That 100% was an offer that they had in mind, and I'm like, this is just someone, you know. And I'm also, like, way
0: too young. That's happened to me, like, in uh, this Paramount Plus show called Tulsa. It's about, um, was it Sylvester Stallone, and he gets out of prison, and he goes to Tulsa. Yes, yes there's a guy there who runs a dispensary and you know i auditioned like two times and they were like okay you're on hold for these dates like i'm so close i'm like all right they're talking about contract stuff i'm like oh i got this you know and then like last minute i find out the person that i'm up against is martin Starr. i'm like how am i going to compete with martin Starr?" yeah you know um and if you don't know who martin star is he's um he was on the show freaks and geeks he He's one of the teachers in the new Spider Man movies. Um, he's, a great he actor. In, uh, he's in Silicon Valley. Silicon Valley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I love He's one of my favorite actors. Uh, it's great. But it's like, you already had him in mind. How am I supposed to compete with that? So I feel uh-huh. like I'm just the fall guy. So they're like, oh, yeah, you know, we have this other actor. So uh, if you can take some less money, we'll give it to you or we'll give it to the other. I feel like they use this as leverage. Yeah, you know that's I mean? a whole
1: part of it, too, is that they know it's a money thing as well. And, I, and yeah. I've seen that. I have friends who I have been like they're trying to make them take the deal and then they give them that language like is, this is all we have. Take it or yeah. leave it. We have somebody else if you don't want to do it. And it's been such a hard time for so many actors where like, it, I, I really find it hard for most people who aren't like getting offers regularly to say yeah. no to something like that. It's, it's really hard.
2: hard. Yeah. Has,
1: mm-hmm. for you, do you feel like it's, because does it make you feel angry about the process like when you're that fall Excuse guy me. or do you consider it like
0: you at what, least I'm I playing feel, the
1: game and it's at least I'm getting in with the people and like do you see
0: the value in that way? I feel super lucky that like I'm not sour about it because I'm super lucky that I'm at this point in my career where I am being put against these bigger actors. You yeah. Know? So I'm very lucky to even be in the same – I don't want to say same room because we're not in rooms anymore (laughs) on the same spreadsheet as these guys. You know what I mean? Um, I'm in this considered in the same PDF file as these guys, you know? So uh, just being at the point in my career where it's at, where I am being considered um, and I'm getting this far on auditions, you know, I just, in the back of my head, I just have to say, you know what? There's going to be a part for me eventually and it's going to come and I just have to wait until that part fits me like a glove and anytime I don't get a part I just go okay well that wasn't the one you know move on to the next one and I um and I just feel very lucky and fortunate that I am in talks you know um people know who I am because there's many actors out there who are just starting or you know have been doing it for years and you know they don't even get to the call where they say, "Hey, you're on hold. Uh, yeah. You're gonna have a COVID test test next week, and probably shoot from blah blah blah." You know, those are the calls that I love. It's like, "Hey, you're on hold, and uh, you're gonna have to get a COVID test next week, possibly." Yeah. Like, yes, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> so a paid COVID that, test. Yeah, I just had that for uh, an episode of Blacklist, and like literally last minute, they went with someone else. But um, yeah, it which like, it sucks too because I took off a week of work. Because I called my, I work at a restaurant right now. I'm doing pizza and stuff like that. And called him like, hey, I might like be shooting episode the Blacklist, so I might not be available these dates. So he like filled in my hours already, like yeah. my doubles and stuff for that yeah. week. And I had COVID the week before, so I didn't week for the COVID, and then I missed the whole other week of work. And I was so busy. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm sitting here like broke. I still have to pay my dues, so it's like. That's a crazy
1: thing as well
0: and I I've been I, holding I, off on paying my dues because uh, I haven't booked anything and I was like I well, know. once I book something then I'll pay them but like Yeah. It's it's, tough.
1: it's a very weird weird world because I do both uh like on camera and I do voiceover and I had booked this thing that I was doing voiceover for Disney and I got an email from my agent saying your dues came back uh, not you know not like not higher whatever it says whatever yeah. the error is and they're like can you see what the problem is and it was because I was like isn't there like a, a COVID uh, uh, like pandemic protocol in where they were excusing the yeah, your, your or, dues for a while
0: uh, they don't have that anymore but and they it were. just
1: ended I was like oh my god I uh, got to pay yeah, all this money yeah. I hadn't been paying uh, yeah. it's just it's just tough um, and for you I I starting out I always kind of. I got to see what success was really early in someone who looked like me and was around my age. I think I'm a bit older than you, but I got to see like what success was and it made it seem it was, it was like two parts. I was very envious of like what you were doing. Cause I remember we met like whatever, going back to all that you had yeah. like booked this film, but you had already done skins and you had been doing things like that already. And did you feel like that skins role fit you like a glove at the time? And did that come, like, at a, at a point where yeah, you thought, you like, no way?
0: At the time, it's funny because, okay, so I'll bring you back a little bit. Excuse me, I'm a little sniffly. Um, <laughs> it's cold here in Jersey. I started acting when I was 10, right? So I did a play at Bergen Community College. Um, actually, no, I did a – my sister heard about this – acting class called New Stars on the radio hmm. and she really wanted to go. So my mom took us and you had to audition to get into the class and I got into the class and then my sister did not and it was like a three week class. Um, and then at the end of it, they have agents and managers come in and they, it's kind of like a showcase at the end. Correct. You know what I mean? And uh, I don't know. I just said correct that.
2: <laughs> anyway, so
0: <laughs> I can't, I'm fumbling right now. So anyway. So I did this acting class for, like, weeks. My sister didn't get in. She was pissed that I got in over her. So and she I...
1: wanted to go to this, and you just happened to be there, or you also wanted to do it?
0: She wanted to go to it, so my mom took us. I have three other siblings, right? So we just went everywhere together. Yeah, okay. My mom owned a bakery at the time, and my dad was working constantly, so we had to go everywhere. So my sister wanted to go do this, so I was there, and I was like, hey, I'll go audition, too. Why not? They had you read a, um, a little insert for a McDonald's commercial, and... I went in there and I was like, oh, I want my happy meal, blah, And I was like full of energy. Yeah. And they were like, oh, wow, like we like this kid. And then my sister, they were like, no, nah, nah. she's like, she didn't make it. So mm. my mom was like interested then. She was like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, you know, he made it. Okay, I'll pay for him to do the course. Anyway, I did this course and the woman at the end of the course, she wanted to be my manager and she wanted me to move out to L.A. And my mom was like, I can't do that. I have three other kids. I own a bakery. Like, no, it's not happening, you know? So that's when we started looking around the area. And that's when we stumbled upon Shirley Grant, who (sighs) um, you were with at one point.
1: Yeah. She's well, I'm teenager. still with Stephanie. I'm still with Stephanie. And that's... Yeah. yeah. But that's... Uh, so you sought out, or your mom sought out, a, a, like a well, manager or an agent in Jersey? and yeah, That's how they Well, felt. I kept
0: bothering her after the class. I was like, Mom, they said I was good. Like, come <laughs> on. Like, find me something. And the reason my mom knew about Shirley Grant was because when I was a baby, when I was one years old, she actually... I was signed with Shirley Grant. Well, I wasn't signed, but I went on an audition. My mom took me on an audition, and... All the other babies at the audition fell asleep, but I stayed awake. So I got a call back and I was like this close to getting some like diaper commercial oh, or something. My God. But it was too much to go into the city for my mom. Uh, she actually forgot to sign in when she got there. So they never like they didn't take her for like three hours. And then she realized, oh, I had to sign in. She was like, never again, never again. But I came really close yeah. apparently to that. So she knew Shirley Grant through that. So I booked Shirley Grant. And I didn't book anything with Shirley Grant. So what I started doing is I'm like 11, 12 at this point. I'm going on the internet and I'm looking up NYU college films. So I'm looking up uh, auditions for NYU college films on like backstage and all that. Mm-hmm. And I just start doing all of these college films to build up my resume. They're free. I'm not getting paid, yep. but I keep getting cast because, you know, they're looking for kids and there's not that many that audition for those. Yep, uh, Our parents are going to let them do for free. And I remember I did this one uh, called Veteran's Day. It was about a guy in a nursing home and he keeps thinking he's seeing his grandchild, but he's not. And there's a scene where I have to eat a a sandwich. So they just took two pieces of bread and a Kraft single and put it on the bread and had me eat it. And the guy, he was old. He was really old. He kept forgetting his lines. So he had to do the scene over and over and over again. I, I, I swear to God, I ate about 20 cheese, crafts and bread. Oh
1: my God. I felt
0: so sick after the scene was over and I went over to a bucket and just started puking in this bucket, I'm like <laughs> 11 years old and I'm like, Ma-. so my mom, I mean, I don't want to get my mom in trouble, but my mom used to like, she had to work, right? So she would go drop me off with these college kids and then leave and just leave me there with these college kids. So it was like free babysitting for her. So she was like, oh, I was oh yeah. like Okay, you're going to watch him and film whatever. Okay, you know.
1: Yeah, kind so, of brilliant if you think about yeah. it at the time, you know.
0: That's, at the so, time, it, it was a little safer. Now I don't think that would fly. but
1: No, and but it's also different because it was student films, and I doubt they were yeah. even doing – they were probably all non-union.
0: It's more all guerrilla, yeah. So, so that I, filled I, up my resume, though, and then um, – that I finally got a job with Shirley Grant. It was a voiceover for the National Spelling Bee. And my mom was about to stop because I wasn't getting a lot of auditions. She was like, you can't do this anymore. Like, you know, it's not feasible. I'm sorry, I can't keep like bringing you into the city. And then I booked this National Spelling Bee commercial and she was like, she saw the paycheck. and She was like, okay, I think you could keep doing this for a little Mm -hmm. bit, which is really funny. And then I just, (laughs) she would like not be able to take me to the city because she had like, you know work and then she would like be like matt my older brother like can you take him in and he had lacrosse he'd be like no so i just started hopping on the train by myself and going to yeah. the city and she she couldn't yell at me She was like where were you like she can't stop me she, you know she was had the bakery to run and stuff and so at like oh 12 o'clock i just would go into the city by myself and then i didn't work for a really long time i didn't book anything i booked a couple voiceovers for a cartoon and a jeep commercial but that was it And then I didn't book my first, like, real big thing until Skins. Wow. So that was, like, the
1: first big on-camera, and it's a lead role, one of the main characters Mm -hmm. from an IP that already had been insanely successful in the UK.
0: So there's a long – so to end the point where we started, I know it's been long-winded. But, yeah, I felt like at that time it fit perfectly because I walked in, I got a call, and they were like, hey, they want to see you for the role of Stanley in Skins. They're already in second callbacks. So I came in late. And Mm. there was only one one other kid there to play the role of Stanley. And I felt, I feel kind of bad to this day because I kind of came in and just like... He thought he had it. (laughs) I kind of just like, I came in and I did these audition like tests, I guess, with the other actors who are basically already cast. Yeah. And, um... They liked my test a lot and they just kind of just, yeah, squeezed me in. And then like, it kind of just fell into place. It felt right. It felt like, yeah, it just felt, I, 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 you probably feel this too. You get a role and you, sometimes you want it really bad or you'll just get it out of the blue. And it feels like it was kind of like meant for you. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll, I'll miss out on roles. And then I'll see the project later on, and it's really shitty and crappy. And I'm like, "Oh, thank God! Okay, that yeah, wasn't yeah, yeah. that wasn't for me." He dodged so the Skins bullet. So, was my first big, big thing, and it was great actually. That it was a television show and not just like a film. And on MTV at the for, time,
1: where it was one of the biggest. Like that was at the time where MTV was still like electric.
0: Yeah, they literally just they had Jersey Shore. That was like their most provocative thing at the time. Yeah. And then we came in, obviously, and they canceled us after the first season. The Parents Television Council had a fit over our show. Even though oh. it wasn't that bad. I mean, the stuff on Jersey Shore is worse than the stuff we had on our show.
2: I like you know? it
0: worse. But they were going to pay uh, Jersey Shore a bunch more money. And they had a bunch of new shows that were lined up to come out. And they wanted to continue doing Teen Wolf. And Teen Wolf was getting more expensive, too. Uh. And then they were getting all these calls from the parents television council like you know like this show was bad like i think john travolta at the time ran the parents television council and Uh they were getting threats of being sued for child pornography and at the time i think mtv was just like all right we don't want to deal with this for another season like we'll just put the money into other shows and then not even have to deal with it like let them win whatever Mm -hmm. so we got canceled which was kind of good though because then i went on straight from there and then i booked um Americans, yeah. which I ended up doing, but that was my first big show, and it was great to have this TV experience and really get to learn the ropes um, about how it all works and stuff. Because before, yeah, I had I had practice in front of the camera doing yeah. like the NYU films, but I didn't have like the on-set hustle and bustle, like the real deal. And, yeah, and being so young at the time, I mean, I was well, I was senior in high school, and I feel like I just matured at that time. Um, I feel like if I did more projects when I was younger, younger, I would have missed out on some of my middle school years and stuff. So I'm kind of Uh glad that I didn't really hit the ball until I was 17, you know?
1: I think there's a lot of people, especially child actors, who their personality then becomes actor – like, their personality is dependent upon the job that they did. Whereas I see it in, like, someone like you and even, like, someone like me. Like, our identity is is defined by our group of friends and the things that we did, hanging out, skateboarding, Skateboarding. playing Yu-Gi-Oh!, all those things that, like, I find – way more valuable for me when I'm playing a character than, yeah, there you go, dude, I got magic cards, like, laying all around me, too. Uh, yeah, right? yeah, I got but, shit you out. know, I find that stuff way more valuable uh, as an actor, having had that, yeah. like, life experience. That I mean, I didn't experience. start yeah. until I was in college, you know, I didn't mm-hmm. even think about acting until I was in college. But for for you at that time, like I, I had want, like, I had seen everything that you were doing, oh and I gosh. saw...
0: Sorry, it just started, like, pouring pouring and oh. it just uh, flew me off guard sorry
1: <laughs> but i remember seeing skins and i remember because i remember seeing you all the time like you said a constant call mm-hmm. uh, callbacks and commercials and everything and i remember watching skins and i was like this dude's not just some punk kid he's also really freaking good and that role i felt like was like Dang, the role <laughs> that i would dream of for like someone like you or someone like me i mean the character's kind of like experiencing all this stuff for the first time he's singing in a band he's kind of like this fish out of water a little bit geeky a little bit like yeah also also the girls kind of find him interesting because he's different than everybody else like i was like that see that's like the role you want to play like on a show like yeah. that's the role you want to play
0: you know because it imitates life so much right we kind of are both that kid in high school probably who was a little Absolutely. bit like you know, we're like, you know, a little bit, not in the most popular, but still can talk to everybody, you know, like theater and stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, um, and so life kind of, life kind of imitated art in that way. And that's why I think it was just a perfect fit at the time. Cause I, I'm just coming out of high school. I'm, I'm a senior of high school. I'm, I'm going through all those awkward stage and situations. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. it just kind of flowed into each other and. You know, it was great when we got to improv, but we didn't get to improv that much. It was like, well, there was basically two versions of that show, right? There was the the version for Canada, and then there was the version for MTV. So we would huh. shoot like a whole we would shoot like a whole scene, and then they would be like, okay, um, this time we're gonna like redo the entire scene, but stick exactly to the script because we need one that has no improv, no cursing in it for MTV. <sighs> but like, if you watch, like, I have. Uh, a version of my episode on DVD and it's from Canada and it was on like their HBO equivalent and so it's an hour long. There's no cuts for commercials and there's cursing and it's almost like watching a a completely different show. It's actually crazy. And I remember actually they won an award in Canada for whatever their Golden Globes or whatever theirs is, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they won like best new show award or something like that in Canada. Mm for the show but did, and then did, here in the u.s it got
1: yeah but
0: show. having
1: having done that though still did do you feel that that leveraged you for everything else that you were doing did you feel like that kind of put you in the for running sure for certain that things?
0: that definitely boosted me to you know what it was too is because they look at me and they go okay well he has experience he knows that's a big thing too, like. Um, if you're going to go and shoot something, sometimes like on these shows, like here's an example. I did Chicago med like two years ago now. And, um, I did the audition like four days before they started shooting. And I really think they went with me cause they saw my resume and they're like, okay, this kid's going to be able to come in here. He's going to be able to shoot everything in two days. He's going to do his lines and then we're going to get him out and like Two days, we don't have to keep him in a hotel for a whole week, you know. Yep. And that actually ended up happening. They had me signed up to film for like five days, but I ended up doing all my scenes in like two, three days. So they were like, Oh, we're gonna yeah. save money on the hotel he's in and shit. Let's get him home, you know. Yeah. So I feel like just having that experience, obviously, resumes that's why you have a resume. But I feel like they do take that into account. You know, oh, he did Law & Order. He's in all these shows. He knows how TV works. We have something that's shooting tomorrow, like an episode of Law & Order. We know he's going to be able to do it because he's been experienced. And I feel like a studio is more likely, obviously, to cast someone like that and take a risk with someone like that than take a risk with someone who has not a big resume. Oh, is he going to take six takes to do do this small TV role? You know what I mean? If it's just like a small...
1: Especially with the self-tapes right now, I had a similar thing yeah. happen with The Rookie where I I guess it was the end of last year or something. I did a guest star on The Rookie and I didn't even have a callback. They just booked me oh, straight yeah. from the first tape and I was like, oh. That's boy. what happened with okay. me Chicago
0: Med too, yeah. I didn't have any callbacks. I just think about that actually. I don't think I've gotten callbacks in – I literally just send in a tape and then it's, it's either yes I no. get a call saying, Hey, um, you know, we need you to do a COVID test and we can you know, have that call. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, I love how that's like a, a thing now that you almost got the part. If you need to go take a COVID test. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah Cause they can't risk
1: it. If you, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's, exactly. yeah. It's- it's it's a very weird thing, and I you know what it reminds me of? And this is something that I guess we can reminisce on. You remember um, – and I kind of hated it and loved it at the same time. You remember Mark Sachs's office uh, yes. down on, like, uh, whatever, yes. you know, Canal Street or wherever that was? He had yes. a very interesting scenario, and I'm well, sure,
2: because
1: you go in, and you're not even being taped. You're just
2: no, reading with just him. Hidden. Yeah. And
1: then it's kind of like an assembly line where he goes, "All right, go walk over there if you got a callback," and then the assistant would schedule your callback for the producers, or yeah. just like say, "Okay, thanks, bye." So you bye. knew right there if you had Dude, a, a it was callback.
0: Oh, so ruthless the way he yeah. did it! But I, loved, but I actually loved it. I yes, loved that's what I'm it. saying. Cause it was like, that's the thing with like the blacklist was like, I was up for it and I'm like, okay, am I going to get it? I got to tell my other bosses at the pizzeria. Like I got to know I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And I don't hear until like two days before. And I'm yeah. like, what the hell? At least at that, you know, yeah, you know, right away, instant gratification. Oh, I sucked. Okay. I'm going to go home or like, oh, I did good. I got the call back, Okay. Let's go.
1: That is you know, such I, a hard thing. about I was going to say though,
0: it's so hard. That's what to bring back my point about like having a good resume it's so hard now because of the way it's set up now that like, if you're a new actor or you're just coming into it and you don't really have a resume and you're just sitting in one tape, it's going to be really hard for, well, especially in the TV world. I'm not saying the film world, the film world's a little different. Yeah. A director might see your tape, think it's amazing and then want to take a chance on you because you know, the film's going to take too much to shoot, whatever. But the TV nowadays though, with these small roles, filling the gap roles kind of, I feel like they're not going to, pick that new actor who's just out of college who has nothing on his resume they're not going to want to take the chance with him because it's all about money now and saving that money because mm. ever since pandemic i mean it's just been wild i mean they have what in their budget now they have to spend an extra x amount of dollars to have covid testing on site and all that yeah it's like an so extra i, I remember like,
1: reading it was like 20 percent, but that could be very wrong someone fact check me on that but you know, they have to account for that
0: Yeah, so I feel like they account the way with casting now too, and you know they don't have callbacks, they don't have you come in ever. It's funny that a lot of these casting studios they just shut down. Like they didn't shut down obviously, but they they don't have their offices anymore that they used to have. Like what? Think about all the casting offices in New York City, and how many of them just removed themselves from New York City and now just do like just what are what is in those empty buildings now? Like what is that? (sighs)
1: That's I, I think love it's gonna to be know. a it's gonna be a whole revolution of I think real estate in New York City and and right? Los Angeles. It's, I, just... it's it's a whole new world where they don't have to spend that money on rent. It's like even crazy. Even before the pandemic though, it was get becoming so hard. Like I remember Sig De Miguel, he moved out of the city into like Hoboken or Jersey City. Like I remember having to yeah. like I remember getting an audition and being like, Oh you gotta go to Jersey City or Hoboken. I'm like what? I gotta go to, yeah. I gotta go out of I I gotta go out
2: of New York <laughs> out of New that York? I'm
1: paying thousands of dollars to live yeah. here so I can be where this is happening. They're like, No, you gotta go to, to Hoboken. I was like, Okay. So it it's it was you already starting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when I first started I used to drive to that parking lot right at the path train. Uh, yeah, yeah. if you know what I'm talking I used to, like, 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 like there's yeah, a I'm little about, like, thing right, right there. And I used to park my car there and take the path in, and that's how I used to start going on auditions. But uh, when I uh, lived in Jersey still before I moved to the city. See, I'm lucky. I got
0: two train stations in my town. So oh, if, I miss, if I miss the one, I can walk up the street to the other one. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so what is is that a bus or is that actually a train that goes into no, the city? No, train,
0: Glen Rock. Uh, well, I grew up in Glen Rock, New Jersey, um, and there was two train stations. There's one at the bottom of the town and there's one at the top of the town. And actually during the World uh During the World Trade Center, during 9-11, because there's two tracks, they could could express people really quickly and get them to Valley Hospital. So they were actually like, um, apparently, someone told me that. I mean, yeah, but a lot of people that were in the area and they were expressing all the trains through Glen Rock and Ridgewood because um, there was the two lines and they ran right through there and Valley Hospital was really close.
1: And where does that, yeah. that takes you into the city though? Or is that connected to the path train? No, it
0: takes you to, that takes you to uh, Hoboken. Okay, and then okay, you okay. can take that to the path or you can take that to Caucus.
1: Yes. And then the Secaucus yeah. into uh, 34th street. Interesting. Yeah, my,
0: my aunt's a nurse and she told me that story that they were like bringing a bunch of people in to the trains because it was, I don't know how true that story is to so <laughs> you know. It could be completely, know. completely my aunt's old, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> My hands a little cuckoo, so.
1: <laughs> no, that's <laughs> wild. To, maybe, uh, no. I just, I, 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 I just, just, I have so many memories of you and my time in New York because I just i remember seeing like all of my auditions are defined even by like the people i remember seeing and i i I remember one time me and you were at some audition for like some horror thing with like werewolves or something like weird building that i never maybe it was bowling misha like i have like so many like little snapshots of like audition things or like seeing like seeing you come in on your skateboard like and you're just constantly like assessing like okay who's going in for
0: this right now what are yeah. my
1: actual <laughs> chances of booking this freaking thing
0: well it was nice to see you too on auditions like it's always nice to see a familiar face especially like seeing you because I'm like oh thank god not a there's like there's a there's one non weird not non weird kid here I don't think weird <laughs> kid but, you know what I mean? like uh, I don't want to say weird kid I should say like very actor kid, you know what I mean? Like, you had all those kids that would be with their moms, and they're very, like, some of them were stuck up, you know? And I'm like, oh, I got someone I can talk to, you know what I mean? Like, oh, nice. Oh, I can bullshit with him about how this part sucks, or how it's good, or, you know, we can can even read lines together. I feel like we did that once or twice. Uh,
1: it's It's a whole other you mean sometimes you're sitting in there for two hours and it's like exactly it becomes That's a little right. didn't bit like I did get the people like that were
0: stuck up and didn't want to talk or were just like eh. it's like dude go screw, dude screw yourself bro we're yeah. all in the same camp here we're all stuck here just like chill out bro
1: do your homework you know I mean? at home don't like learn all of your shit like in the waiting yeah. room like come and yeah. relax and be a person and it's so funny exactly. because I feel like a lot of people like you and I mean we even went on to do a movie together and I already knew yeah. you and then
0: we had a Rapport. That was so great because I remember that like I, I we, we used to always talk about like oh I can't wait till we do something I can't wait till we do yeah. something and together it, we, the weird way that that and happened is did. crazy mm-hmm. <laughs> I was so How, excited about that
1: now I mean that was such a, a fun like time because of I mean with you and I mean gosh Sadiki rest in peace man like it's yeah. just that whole thing is insane but. Um, yeah. Like the fact that we got to work together and it was and just like us hanging out. Too.
0: Yeah, literally yeah. just us hanging out, and, and that's great. what I
1: think made those scenes like real. You know, they were. What's that's... crazy about that
0: though is I worked, I worked with Brock on Goat. Yep. Uh, before that, and then he was producing that film, right? Mm -hmm. yeah that's just with small world you know what I mean well Brock I mean that's that's
1: how I got cast was because Brock recommended me because I had people doing my series and what's so funny is on that movie The Garden Left Behind which had like Ed Asner in it and Michael Madsen like very random of a movie uh I remember I met with Flavio because he knew I had producing experience and he wanted me to help them raise money. And I remember him wow. sitting down with like his pitch pack and everything. He's like, Well, you know, we've got him and him and we've got Danny Flatherty playing one of the main guys, so it's gonna be like a really big deal. And I remember him saying that to me, like, I'm like, Danny's doing this? I'm like, <laughs> And I remember Flavio has really tried, like, <laughs> strong-arming me to, like, do certain things, and I was like, I'm only doing like- this because Danny's doing it. That's the only <laughs> reason I'm doing this. You should have been like, Danny, he's, like, kind of shitty,
0: are you sure <laughs>
1: <laughs> No, man, but, and so now even jumping back, dude, you, like, The Americans, how many seasons of that show did you do?
0: Yeah, that's a crazy story. Um, I don't want shit to shit on anyone telling the story, but I'll tell you that story. Uh, so, I got really lucky. I'm so lucky to be a part of that show. It's such a great show. Everyone on the show is great. The producers are phenomenal. Um, The whole cast is phenomenal. Yeah. I started that kind of like right after Skins, and they did five seasons. So I did the first season. um, I got paid like an okay amount, uh, obviously pretty low tier. Yeah. Second season and third season, my contract never upped. And then the fourth season, they finally up my contract because my agent was like, yo, like, everyone's getting up. Like, why? And they actually ended up, like, writing me out I remember more. you saying
1: that. I remember you telling me this. And
0: it kind of sucked because, you know, they just couldn't know because, I mean, they're paying all these other actors so much money. I mean, you got Carrie Russell, you got, you know, and they're, they're the main characters, right? They should be making that money yeah but like they up my contract and then they start using me less to save the money and it kind of sucked because it was like oh like there's so many things my character could have done you know and they Mm -hmm. they wanted to have like my character fall in love with the next door neighbor at one point but uh there's a whole thing there that i i can't i can't get into on camera i guess but uh Mm. i mean i'll say i'll say it i don't care the (laughs) um the girl who played the daughter she actually had a boyfriend in real life at the time and she didn't want to like kiss me on screen and stuff. And because she had a boyfriend in real life, but she also had like her parents were from Ireland, they were kind of strict to her mom. So it was just, yeah, kind of, That's strange. That's wild. So, but she's, she's, I love Holly, she's amazing, she's an amazing actress. And I understand she was young at the time too, and I was much older, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was a freshman or sophomore in high school at the time, and I was like just out of high school. So, I get it, and it's weird for her, but she had a boyfriend, too. It's just like, I just was thinking, like, you want to be an actress, but you're not going to be able to, like, kiss, on-screen kiss another boy because you have a boyfriend? I was like, that's not going to work out, you know what I mean? That's something. But she didn't, she wanted to, she wanted to go to college, she was going to college early, actually, and she wanted to stop acting after Americans, actually, for a bit. She wanted to take a break. Mm. I think she still is doing a project now. Anyway, so they started writing me out less and less as they upped my contract more and more. And we did five seasons and I remember um, them saying, yeah, I'm gonna be in like three, four episodes in season five. And I was like, oh, finally, like, nice. I was only in like two episodes in season four. yeah. Or three episodes in season four. I was like, nice, I'm gonna be in like three, four or five episodes this season. Like they had like a, a dinner party episode, a Thanksgiving episode and all this stuff. And then when it rolled around, the dinner party, it was like, oh, he's in the shower and he's going out with friends. And then the thing, me coming home for Thanksgiving episode was like, oh, he stayed at college. He didn't come back home from college. So that was, and I was like, you guys really wrote me out again? What mm. the heck? It's so a lot it's of funny things that like, I think d- about. Yeah. And I've done all these things and it's like, you know, I have people, it's, this is really funny. I have people on Instagram sometimes message me and hey, say like, hey, like, um, you know, will you help me pay off some of my college debt? Hey, <laughs> can I borrow money or something like that? And I guess, I, this happened a lot more when I was, like, doing the show, but, like, people think you make really big money in any show you're on. It's like, no, that's not true. I had a very small contract, and then when they up my contract, you know, and, yeah, I'm making okay residuals here and there, but I'm not making the money that the big stars are making. I'm not making $100,000 an episode. I'm okay. making, like, $2,000 an episode and then after taxes it's like that's like a grant 20 percent agency and manager we yeah. walk
1: away with 58 percent of the thing
0: yeah i can't even pay my rent with that yeah so that's like the whole time i was acting and uh, even after skins and like during the americans i was working at a bagel shop you know for years i worked at that bagel shop for nine years I like even right now, you know, I work at a pizzeria, Francesca's, in um, the town I live in. Because I gotta pay rent. I gotta make ends meet. I have bills I gotta pay, you know. And yeah, the residuals are good and they come every six months whenever they come. But guess what I do with those residuals when they come, you know? I'll get like a check, I don't know, three grand or whatever, straight to everything I have to pay off because I'm in debt, because I haven't paid anything forever, Mm -hmm. you know? So I love how people, like, I wanna be an actor and I wanna make a bunch of money. It's like, you gotta love the art. You don't want to go into acting because you want to get rich. That It will never work that way. You know what I mean? If you mm-hmm. want to do that, maybe go do TikTok or YouTube. You <laughs> probably have a better <laughs> chance of, of getting rich doing YouTube or TikTok, honestly.
1: Seriously. I mean, it's so – you, know, you, you couldn't be more true about that. And that's a reality I think a lot of people don't realize. And I'm glad yeah. we're talking about it here on this. It's like – I've never experienced more in my life. It was different when we were a little bit younger because it's like, obviously, I mean, you at the time were probably consistently working, so you probably had more money. But for me, I was hustling all yeah. the time. And then it got to a point where I was like, eventually, I'm like, okay, I can live doing this because I started doing voiceover and stuff.
0: Yeah, then, Which you kill, you've been killing it, dude, and I, <laughs> I see you all the time, and I get so excited every time, and like even watching your your show and everything on here, and I'm just like, I get so fucking pumped. Excuse <laughs> my language, I get so pumped, you know what I mean? Oh, and I like, appreciate
1: just... it, man. It's it's and, and but for me, I had to make a conscious decision. I remember at the end of 2019, thinking to myself like, if this keeps going in this, the direction it's going for me on camera, I'm not going to be able to keep doing this without getting a real job. I have to yeah. commit myself to voiceover and take a risk on doing that. And that's the risk I made because I was like, if I keep trying to do on camera this way, it's not paying me consistently enough. Yeah. And I got to do some cool independent films and stuff, but those pay, you know, nickels and dimes. Yeah. And, you know, you're mm-hmm. working with celebrities. I mean, you know, I was working with yeah. Bill Hader and Ty Burrell and, you know, all these like – Kristen, What like you work with really great people and then that – either does something for you, even if you go to Sundance. I mean, I've been to Sundance a couple of times, and you're just, like, praying that somebody sees you, and you meet somebody there, and then that leads to something else. But, I mean, you, of all people, it's a very interesting thing to hear from because you have worked on so many cool things. In various varying capacities, uh, like you got to do the Wolf of Wall Street, you know, like yeah, what a, I got
0: super lucky in that. Dude. Oh what a God. cool just,
1: experience to yeah. and a fun role too, even with John Berthall. Yeah. Like I, when I saw you in that, I was like,
2: yes, Danny, yes. You
0: know what's crazy is uh, I didn't even know I was going to be in it. No one called or said that they were keeping my scene in. So I figured, I was like, this movie is so long, they're going to just cut that scene out. There's no way it's making it in the film. Yeah. And I'm like sitting in the movie theater with my, with all my bros and like, I just come up with the tree and they're just like, they just started howling. Was like, <laughs> yeah. and everyone's like, what is going on down there? Oh, <laughs> like we were sitting in the front, front too, because it was like packed. I remember yeah. everyone was going to see the movie and all our heads are like this and they're all just screaming. And yeah, I got really lucky that I, cause I have another friend who was in that movie and his scene got completely cut. So. You know, it's I, that was a long movie. They shot a lot of stuff. I got really, really lucky. They kept my scene in, and yeah. it's funny because that's what people mostly know me by now. Like, really? Zip. Oh, yeah. Like that's the one thing that people will be like, "Oh, you were in The Wolf of Wall Street." Like that's the. They don't talk about Skins. They don't talk about Americans. A trial. The or child, like, uh, always, Chicago
1: Seven. People don't. People talk. don't even talk
0: about that. You know what's uh. funny, and I want to say this too. Like, so back to like the whole like money thing, and that it's hard and. It really depends too, because as an actor, you take some risks, right? So, like, um, I did this movie Goat, and, when, and honestly, I, let me
1: just say that is like, I, aside from having known you and Brock before that, both of your performances in that, I love. I know you guys went through hell thank making you so that much, movie. Man. Yeah, like,
0: we, oh when man. I
1: saw that movie though, and I watched that movie, I was so happy because I was like, you know, you see, like these people are your friends, and you know people, but I was like. That person's the real deal. I was like,
2: that oh, is the thanks, real man. deal.
1: And uh, thanks, and honest man. to God, standouts in that movie are you and Brock.
0: <laughs> thanks, man. You thanks, know what bro. I mean,
1: though? I mean that seriously. The like, I say really that good. objectively. Oh, yeah. Of all the dudes, I mean, you're all, you know, all of his buddies in the frat are great, but Brock takes it to
0: a whole other level. A whole other level, yeah.
1: And you, that role for you is like... It's you. You are the audience because Nick Jonas's role—he's more of someone dealing with the consequences of who he is and who his family is. Mm-hmm. But you're the audience member in a way. You're the you're the kid that everybody like like assimilates with, you know. Of a, kind of a similar role in Skins to a degree, but like you're the character that like I align myself with. A
0: lot of the audience does. I do mean yeah. And 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 like. Just yeah. young kids just going into frats at the time, I and mean, they can really connect to that character. In yes. Too. And it's based off a of real person. You know, that's I mean, that's all a true story.
2: Huh, I didn't so, know that.
0: Yeah. So my character Will, he's actually a real person. In that, I don't want to spoil the movie, but that stuff like actually happened. Yeah. <gasps> Did you get to meet yeah, him and talk to crazy. him about any of that stuff, or no? Well, that's why I didn't want to say any spoilers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, yeah. So, You're he's right. not, uh, I mean, I'm just gonna say, he's not alive. Yeah. Um, oh, which is awful. Gosh. But, yeah, he, um... I didn't,
1: why so did I say that?
0: A, well, it's a, it's <laughs> well, a, I should have put two and two together. I'm like, yeah. in my head.
1: I'm like, oh, yeah,
0: real person. Oh, I forgot. I met, met okay. Brandon Land, the guy who wrote the book. Who okay, wrote the yeah. Memoir. And I met the, the, uh, him, and obviously, uh... Yeah, he, he said like you know like you really you really nailed the character like it really brought me back and that was really special that he said that to me mm. at Sundance. But I was gonna say it so like <clears throat> it's it's crazy so a movie like that right and it has Nick Jonas in it and you know you take less pay because you take more of the back end deal hoping that you know once it goes to movie theaters you will you will get better off in the box office. You yeah. know what I mean. So it goes to Sundance and Paramount picks it up. We go, oh, that's great. But Paramount picked it up to exclusively have it play for MTV. So Paramount picked it up just for MTV. And it was weird. So MTV got the rights to like, if they were gonna show it on TV, they were gonna be the first ones able to show it on TV. And then they ended up not, doing anything with the film which is weird because nick jonas was in it i guess it was too launchy to actually they decided it was too messed up to actually put on mtv which makes sense if you see the movie go watch go if you haven't seen it you could probably find it online i know it was on tubi like a month ago for free and stuff but um yeah so it went to like streaming services like months and months and months down the road yeah. once mcv was fine like we're not using it so i lost out on like any of that going to movie theaters mm-hmm. so that's happened with chicago seven so trial of chicago seven right i took less pay because the cast was like amazing right i was mm-hmm. like i don't care i don't care if they give me 20 bucks a day you freaking get me in that movie you know it's like you know i was like sign that contract right now because i work with sarkins Yeah, I went to the uh, audition for Sorkin, and Sorkin basically was like, congratulations, you got the part. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Right on the spot? So uh, they had, like, callbacks, and then they let everyone else go, and then I was the only one left. And um, so after I left, I was like, okay, like, I really think I got it. And, like, he was like, thank you so much. It was a really pleasure meeting you. Like, Aaron was just like, really pleasure meeting you. Thank you for coming in so much, you know? Like, how about... And I'm like, I got like maybe six feet out of the door and then Dave called me and said, I got it. So, but I had like this feeling right before I left the room. And, uh, but anyway, so I was like, whatever the contract is, just sign it right now. Like, I don't care what the money, it could be no pay, just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But what happened with that was, so that was Paramount and that was gonna be in theaters all across America, all across the world, whatever. So I took a little less pay and I would have more pay if it went to the movie theaters. But then Netflix, because COVID hit, movie theaters were closed. Netflix ended up buying it for, I think, $50 million. Uh, It cost $30 million to make. So they got whatever that money is, 20 mil back or whatever it is. And uh, yeah, so my contract was like, I get a certain amount of money if it goes to the box office. It never went to the box office. It went to Netflix. So I lost out on so much like possibility or residual, and to this day, the most money I ever made on like a back end for like it being in a movie theater was Wolf of Wall Street. Isn't that crazy? What? Dude, that's insane. Is that, is that
1: is that, I mean, I'm sure it's gotta be legal. I mean, the well, fact yeah, that I did mean, that, well, I mean— Well, yeah, I
0: mean, my contract was stating that, you know, it had to be box office. So, yeah, I got uh, some residuals from Netflix, obviously, but, like, not the potential of it. Of what it could have been, I, yeah. I could be comfortable and not have to be, like, slaving away at the pizza place every day. I could maybe yeah. slave away, like, three days a week and be a little more comfortable than I am now. Wow. Um, <sighs> But that's just it, you just never know. And that's what producers, right? I mean, it's a gamble. Producers do the same thing, they gamble all the time. And that's what this industry is. And people think it's this glitz and glam of like, oh, well, I'm gonna get famous, I'm gonna get rich right away. And it's like, no, you're gonna gamble and you're gonna have to really want it and you're gonna have to stick with it because the minute that you step back, you're forgotten about and that other guy's gonna come in. So you gotta keep sending those audition tapes in. You gotta not give up because you gotta have the consistency of you know those casting directors seeing you all the time mm-hmm. and i think i'm really lucky like that too because i never did give up so since i was like you know 12 until now i'm 29 right like going in and out of the city all these casting directors knew me for a long time and they've seen me like you know really striving so i feel like i got certain audition opportunities just from being around so much that yeah. like you know um a casting director would call and say, Oh, this part would be good for Danny. Like I'm on their mind because I they just see me constantly. And I feel like some auditions that like I got lucky getting, and it wasn't because of my manager or my agent, which they're great, but it was because I, I never gave up and I kept going into those casting directors. I kept bugging them. Hey, you got to get me something soon, but you know, and I think that consistency is very, very important in this business and you just can't stop. I mean, look at you, right? Like. You were doing a lot of, of voiceover work, and then when you really strapped your boots on and it was super consistent, and now you're blown up with all this work, and it's amazing to see, you know?
1: Well, it's, it's, it's funny you say that, and just to your credit, too, like, you are one of the most, in my eyes, one of the most shining examples of someone who has, like, just constantly been a journeyman of being involved in, like, high-level projects. Like, you are what I define as an actor. A lot of people, they they, they, they do a couple it. of things. They get lucky on, on one job, and they they know how to say lines that are given to them on a script. They don't really know how to act, but you show up all the time, and you 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 play an authentic character on all these like various like indie films. The things that like have heart and soul, like the thing that's not like you know, it's not the. I'm not, I really don't. It, it's not the, the Disney Channel or the freeform thing where you got to just be able to show yeah. up and look pretty and say a line. There's so many characters where you have to like dig deep and be a real freaking human being and have some sort of arc. And y- you've been doing that consistently, consistently. And so to, to hear you talk like that. Thank you. I appreciate uh, it. No, I, I, I truthfully mean it. And
2: yeah.
1: it's, it's a very hard career. And it's to me, so like hard. yours is one of the most prime examples of what it's like to act on camera like that like truthfully to have been in multiple series to been in huge like big budget things in a way and to like but the reality of what it's like day after day being an actor and hoping these casting directors keep calling you back and also because you're at a point in your life where you started off in your teens and now you're approaching you know your 30s and stuff you're transforming into a different person and that's something that was different with me is because like when we were starting out we were kind of at least what i was trying to be was like i was trying to be like the skater stoner type of dude like and i got i got to play that a couple of times but as i've aged like I'm not gonna book those roles over the people yeah. they're looking for at my age now, and I had to have like a I'm real. I'm like that now too. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a real understanding mm-hmm. of like, okay, I that worked for me then, and it was true to a degree of who I was. But now, who am I? Who am I today? And am I playing yeah. those roles? Do Do casting directors know me as who I am today? Because it's a very interesting time from your late teens to your, you know, your
0: your late twenties. Yeah. And, it is, it's, and it's very interesting. It's like, you know, I definitely am a, a totally different person than I was back then. And even on the level of, like, like I'm definitely a better actor now than I was 10 years ago, obviously. Right? Yeah. Just because, I mean, you grow older and you learn things. And, like, even with an audition tape, you, like, you, you start to get into ways of like oh i do this better now than i did 10 years ago stuff like that you know and just little techniques like when i'm preparing for a role now it's a lot easier i'm just used to it now i guess where it came with more anxiety back then yes and i feel like i'm lucky because now i am in that changing so i'm getting roles that i used to never really get before and i'm getting opportunities that i used to not get before to play Different characters. I'm not, They're not just throwing me the stone a roll or, you know, trying to typecast me. they I'm getting more interesting, interesting characters that I can transform into now. Yeah. And it's just very interesting to see with time and age how, I mean, your whole career path can change, right? And I look at older actors, and this is why I never get sour about, you know, not working at certain times because I look at actors like, you know, J.K. Simmons or you know, John C. Riley. And you're like, wow, they didn't become really famous until they were in their late 30s. You know what I mean? Or they didn't get that big opportunity until they were, you know, older. Yeah, like Brian Malcolm in the Middle. You know what I mean? So... There's always hope out there, kids, all right? Never yeah. give up, you know? There's always, always hope.
1: It's one of those—it it just helps to reiterate the idea that you have to, like you were saying, you have to love this because if you don't love yeah. it, like, if you, if you
0: can't— You're going to get jaded very quickly. You'll
1: get v- very jaded. It's And you know what yeah. also is, too, man? And I'm sure you know this, and I and I actually really respect you for saying, you know, like, and being honest with me and with, with the show here because— a lot of people really try to play into this facade of being like, "Yeah, you know, I'm doing this, and I'm an actor, and I'm making this money, oh, and I'm no. not—I don't have to like have like a survival job and things." It's like that's I so hate far. That, dude. It's like, okay, oh, you're—you tr- have a trust fund. Your your parents yeah. are, are are helping you survive because there's I just no that. way. There's just no yeah. way to live yeah. and pay your own bills and to do all these things. Yeah. Like for me, student loans, like I, it was mm-hmm. so hard. So I really appreciate yeah. it because it's so. The realistic like idea of trying to be an actor, yeah, there's so much stuff to be done. And, but if you don't love it, there's just so many people who can yeah. be an actor today,
0: and you know you have your good you have your good years and you have your bad years, right? Like two years ago, I had a really great year, and I got my health insurance. I still have it this year, thank God, not wood.
1: But like, <sighs> I, just, I know that I, just, I know that life, real life,
0: well. just made it, and I was like, "There's no freaking way," because I didn't work at all the past year. Yeah, um, and I like just made hung on by I guess like residuals and stupid things, but um, it's like really, yeah, you have to like. I hate those people who just like you're saying or just like, yeah, I don't have to have a second job. And like, this is my life. And like, I ha- there is no plan B it's like, yeah, you can have no plan B, but there's like, there's you something still pay your that, rent. You ha- <laughs> that is holding you up. And like you said, mommy and daddy or whatever it is, you yeah. know? And I feel like, I feel like those people, you know, they're very lucky. That's all I'm gonna say. They're very lucky. I wish I was in a situation like that. I would take it. You know, I wouldn't <laughs> say no to a situation <laughs> like that. So uh, it's very interesting. But the life of an actor is really is really a struggle. And you even hear like from like even people that are really famous today. You know, they uh, struggled in their twenties. Look at Willem Dafoe. Right, yeah. he's a great example of an actor who really struggled in his twenties and then became huge. Or uh, Tim Allen. He was arrested for cocaine and was. In, Jail, and then he ratted everybody out, so he got let go, and then he didn't, and then became an actor what, late, really late in life? Yeah.
1: But it's also Um, still different, though, too, because, like, if you look at your resume, like in a time like there where like someone like Willem Dafoe is struggling, maybe they did like three films or something and they just weren't working. Like you, if you look at your resume, so that's why someone might think you are like, like, you know, like when you look people's net worth, like they would think yeah. like based on yeah, like, the Michael. Idea, Michael. like the idea, like the idea yeah. of what actors make whatever that might be the, the the films that you're in the people you're working yeah. with that you like you worked with ansel elgore you did you know uh yeah. you, you worked on all these things you're working in the trial of the chicago seven someone might think you are like a millionaire like that yeah. like the way that we have a well, internet of-
0: does because apparently uh, my net worth says i'm worth three mil online or something See, which exactly is just, uh, which is just such bullshit and i i, I someone said it to me one time i was like Really, that's what it says. I was like, I fucking wish I had three minutes. Excuse me. First thing that I, yeah, I wish, man. You know what I mean? Like, but that's but that's dude. what I'm
1: saying. Is it's so yeah.
0: the illusion of what it's
1: like to be an actor is so far from what yeah. the actual outcome is. And I'm seeing now too. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're seeing this as well. I'm seeing people who I we we grew up with mm-hmm. uh, at auditions. I'm seeing people who I know now at this age. Where at this yeah. age right now, they're they're faced with that decision. Yeah. Can I continue doing this like for my life? Like I'm seeing yeah, more well, people friends, decide.
0: he he decided to quit and he went back into insurance and now he's doing that and he's got a great salary. He's got a beautiful apartment in New York City and he's stress free. And you know what? I kind of um, I'm kind of jealous of that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but uh, but no, I wouldn't give up acting for the world, man. I don't care. I mean, I like people say I don't have a plan. I don't really have a plan B. Like. I would rather work in a restaurant and try to be an actor for the rest of my life than to just say no. I'm going to give up and go do some regular thing because yeah. you know I just love it so much and being able to transform into you know another person, another world, and you know that's why I love film the most, right? Like TV's great, and like you know honestly, like I would do TV for the money, obviously, because I need to survive and eat, but like we're. I really thrive, and where what I really want to work on, or are those film roles where you get to transform for like two, three months at a time, and you're really into that character, and you know, really showcase your talent and your art. And it's not about showcasing it. To me, it's about like I just have so much fun, and I have such a passion for it that like nothing else in the world matters when I'm working on like a film, and I really get to play like a good character. Mm. You know, like in the movie King Jack, it was one of the first roles where. I got to be a huge asshole and I got to, I love that totally different uh, person than who I am in real life. And I really got to grasp and get inside this, this kid's mind who like, you know, lives in a, in a poor area and has a shit mom. And, you know, and like, I got to like really transform and I'll always like, always go back to my love for acting to that role. And, uh, it always helps me keep keep going when i think of back to that time filming king jack. And Did
1: like, you audition yeah. for that film?
0: I want to get back to that. Did you audition uh, for that film? You know what it's, it's funny because i was like, oh, you know what? I'm probably not going to do well on this audition. Like, I'm I'm pretty nice. I don't think I could do this. And then I got into the room and I just like transformed and I was like a huge asshole and uh the director like said okay wait i'm gonna have you come back in, in a sec and then they brought another kid in and i waited out there and then he had me come back in i did it again and it was kind of that same thing where like literally like three hours i, I just getting home on the train and i got a call that i got it and yeah i was very you know grateful for that you
1: know what's so crazy about that is i auditioned for that film i knew felix i had done
0: a did you? Oh, i had man, done no
1: i had done a psa with him a while ago. Or, like, I met him doing, like... I literally... This was, like, one of those weird he's, New York scenarios. He's the coolest dude ever. So cool. So, like, yeah. super down-to-earth guy. I remember I auditioned, like, oh, in his I apartment. I think I
0: remember this. You did a PSA with him. I think I remember you telling me yes. this after I got cast. But that's why... That was one of those
1: times where I was, like... I was so happy that you got that film. Because I... When I saw that role, I was, like... This is gonna be a good film. Like, I knew that that was gonna be a great film. And you killed it. And I was never... not that it like you know you should be happy for anyone but it really I was so happy that you got it because I was like the wrong actor who just looks the part could do such a terrible disservice to what that takes
0: isn't it funny how we do that as actors like you know like if your friend gets it you're like oh, yeah, yeah, like, go... And then if some random person, like, fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> well, because like, Anytime it's... I see, like, my friend Charlie get something or you get something or, like, people are like, oh, yeah, like, I'm I'm not mad at all that, like, they, they got it. Like, that's sick. Like, I'm so happy that yeah. they got it over me. Um, and I'm, like, excited for them. But if it's someone random, like, oh, motherfucker, <laughs> like, you know.
1: Well, because we <laughs> know our perfect. stories and we know that we're real people yeah. and we appreciate exactly. it. There's, like, a lot of... A lot of nepotism that's in this industry. There's a lot of people that work that aren't talented. A lot of it, you know, is it's not a meritocracy where the most talented people Uh, always get the job. I can't
0: take the it's funny. I watch a lot of YouTube and I get YouTube. uh, I get the YouTube culture, but I hate, hate when the YouTube and TikTok kids are getting these guest roles in TV shows or, you know, these small roles in movies just because they know that like, oh, he has a lot of followers, so his followers are gonna watch it. Yeah. And it's tough for people like us who are have been working for so long, who like really have taken time to really uh, perfect our craft and it's taken like us years, you know, um, to get to this point. And then they're just throwing it to someone just to say the line, just to have the freaking oh, it just irks me sometimes so much.
1: It's tough, man. It's very tough. I definitely think there's a place for it because it makes sense from a business standpoint. But yeah. I also think that art, by and large, is suffering. I think that there's yeah. so much stuff being made, and a lot of it is crap. Like, I've mm-hmm. never, I, I remember starting out, I would read scripts, sides, whatever it was that you'd get, and a lot of it was good. Like, even if it didn't become successful, yeah. a lot of it was good. I have, it like, was in good. the last five years, I've read some stuff that is like, I'm like, how is this getting made? I'm like, yeah, who is know- investing in this?
0: Dude, I've had read stuff in the past, like, yeah, same thing, where I'm like, did they have an AI write this script? <laughs> like, did they just put in, like, a teenage love story? Like, cause some of the writing is so bad that it's like they don't even care what they're writing anymore. They're just putting it on page to get it out and then hoping that I guess maybe the actors will improv and make the script better. Yeah. But you read some of these scripts and you're like, how did this get greenlit? How is, why is someone giving money to make this? Yeah, you know, like I saw a commercial for a movie today, um, the Jesus Revolution. It's a true story about hippies and they go to this church, and like the acting looks okay, but I'm just like. This story is about a bunch of white hippies who just go in and then, like, join a church for Jesus. Why does this true story need to be told? Like, this is not, like, make a true story that's actually, like, meaningful. This is not, this is not it, man. Well, that's
1: funded by the, you know, the churches, I'm sure, or something like that. You know, that's not the. It's
0: got a a crazy cast and it's Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, What's his name? Courtney um, is, like, the main character in it. I forget his name. Yeah, well... I don't know. He's in... He's in he was in uh, Super 8. The oh, kid from Super 8. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, um, like, the main character, and then... Anyway, um, I just see these things that are coming out, and I'm like, I cannot believe... Cannot believe that someone put money. And maybe it's just... I think this sometimes, too, I'm like, maybe some of these execs are just so old. They just, like, don't know what people want to see anymore, so they're just trusting... I, don't, I, don't I just know,
1: saw on but. the Golden Globes the guy who created White Lotus. He like he said in his acceptance speech, he went out to all the studios yeah. with Jennifer Coolidge and pitched the show to everybody, and that. That everybody crazy. passed. And I laugh yeah. about it with Allie because she's a writer, my my girlfriend, or my God, oh my God, you knew her as my girlfriend, my fiance yeah. now. Gosh, you gonna kill me now, yeah. Uh, I hate having to, like, clarify that. It's like it's the same thing in my mind. <laughs> I anyway. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I love you, baby. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> anyway, so, so we were talking about it. It's funny because you see all the time, and I mean, I've been in a position where I've been pitching shows and things, and you see these people who have no idea what people actually want. And, like, mm-hmm. as a writer for her, she always is presented with, like, but that's not what people want right now. How do they know what they want?
0: Yeah. These you don't people, know what people
1: want. Yeah, I, I really think at the end of the day you have to pick what's good regardless of what like society is dictating yeah. is is good. Like is this a good story, is it good material content, regardless if it's in like theme, which made me want to yeah. ask you, like if you if you could sit down and write the role for yourself or, you know, write the project that you could be on right now that you would really fulfill you artistically, what do you think that would be?
0: Um, I'm actually writing a script right now. It's a show, it's called The Irish Boy. Um, It's about this guy who's uh, struggling to become an actor and he keeps getting fired off a lot of his jobs. And he inadvertently starts working for the local mafia (laughs) in his area. And as he starts to become more famous, the mafia starts to have him do more stuff and he's got to balance kind of both, both lives, you know? Ah, so,
1: uh, a little Departed-esque.
0: Yeah. But <laughs> so there's, I'm working on that. It's called The Irish Boy and it's, uh, I would want to do something that, you know, I really want to do like a half hour comedy series. And yeah. that's what that is, you know, cause I want to bring back the half hour comedy series. Every show is 45 minutes long. It's too long. I want that. I've seen like the half-hour shows starting to make a little bit of a comeback, but that's what my dream job right now would be like—a funny half-hour comedy on FX. Yeah. And that's kind of what I'm writing right now, which was it's the Irish Boy. And I'm working on the pilot right now. I'm almost done actually. But um, at one point, I'll just give it away. I guess um, he starts working on a. A movie where he plays someone in the mafia and in real life so it's flashing from him like punching a guy in the face in real life like you better pay us the money to him on set and the director's like wow you're you're really shit all right we gotta redo that scene again but like in reality i was just doing it last night for real and the director's saying i'm doing it bad and i'm like dude I'm what like
1: that's brilliant because yeah. you know in my head when you were saying that I finished it's like he's he's doing like cuz there's also the version where someone's doing that and they're like oh my god so great but I love your yeah. your version so much more cuz it's so much more real where well, these people yeah. think like they know what really what it what it yeah. what it really is? So, oh, that sounds awesome, dude. He's doing it in
0: real life, and then he's like, and then he's going and performing it like on the set the next day, and they're telling him it's shit, and he's got to retake the scene, and he's like, what?
1: Like, what do you mean? <laughs> that's brilliant. I, you know, that's so funny because for me, I would want like my dream thing is kind of like not yeah, a cheesy sit- ask, you- not a cheesy sitcom, but I would love to do like a real like S- Seinfeld esque sitcom man I'd love to be because I want to be in front of an audience and I love that feeling and I've been starved at that and also being something doing something hysterical so that's kind of like
0: you know what it's funny like I I look at your career too um We've kind of been starved of of comedy roles in our career when we both really enjoy comedy and we both want to kind of do that, but we just keep getting cast in in dramas all the time. It's like (laughs) I can't escape escape the drama, man, it's crazy. I I
1: think because it takes someone who really is good at comedy to be able to, to, to portray the drama really well. I think these people think they're good at drama and being truthful, but if you're good at comedy, you need to know the essence of what the character truly yeah. is feeling in order for it to be funny like you feel bad for the character who's really trying hard to do something rather than like the character who's playing up the comedy of it you know yeah yeah so I you know and I think we're both very sensitive guys yeah, and I true. think that probably lends itself to the case
0: as yeah. well but but I just I just want to do comedy so I mean you know I, I do stand-up comedy and you know, I just want to, like, be in a comedic role that, like, suits me. And it's I like, know. that's what it is now. Like, no one is writing anything good. So we're at the point where it's like you just got to write write it for yourself. You know what yeah. I mean? Uh, my friend Charlie Tayhan, you you know of him. He was on Ozark. Ozark. Um, he played Wise Wyatt. He grew up in the town with me. Uh, he's doing the same thing, man. He's shooting a short, you know, in like, next week. Because he's like, you know, like, he's, he's like, I'm not even getting a lot of auditions or shit that I want to do. He's like, it's all crap, half of this stuff. And they're just trying to shit out these shows that are just like, I don't know, man. They're just so, some of, I see commercials for some stuff and I just die laughing. I'm like, there's no way. But that's so funny about, to take us back to uh, the guy, Mike White, who did Lotus. Yes, Mike that's White. One, right? Yeah, who did, um, he also did um, School of Rock. Mm,
1: yes, but yeah, yeah you
0: look, at, you look at his career, it's like he had a big thing with School of Rock And then he kind of fell off for a while And then him and his dad were actually on a season of The Amazing Race
1: Oh no! Kidding.
0: Which is so funny. Um, Yeah, which because I, I we watched the Amazing Race with my girlfriend. It's like on Hulu, and uh, they were just like in an episode. And I guess he was just like taking a break from Hollywood for a while. But he took a long break, and then you know now look at White Lotus winning Golden Globes, man, crying yeah. on stage. It's amazing to see, you know. And that's the thing: never give up, man. Look at that, dude. You know. I think a it lot of it's an amazing race, right?
1: <laughs> quite literally, man. I think someone told me early on, I think it was one of my acting teachers, but it could have just been somebody older who I had worked with. And they literally said, You just have to outlast everybody. Like, you can't give up. Yeah, outlast, right? yeah. outlast everybody because if you have that fire, it's going to leak into, and, and like you said, consistency. People will remember yeah. you. Mm-hmm. that that's someone who I know has been coming in. People get to know you and it takes yeah. a while sometimes for that right moment to be right for you. And so long as you're playing who you yeah. are truthfully and you're memorable and you're putting in good work and you're taking every opportunity seriously. Cause I think a lot of people, they sandbag a lot of auditions and they don't think like, Oh, I'm going to get this or I don't want to do this. And they do a shitty job. It's like, I try to do yeah. a good job every moment i'm in front of someone yeah. um
0: yeah.
1: and i think that's why you you work a lot like if you, you
0: want to work you gotta you gotta you got it you can't slack it you know? yeah or you're just not gonna get hired You're just gonna pick the other dud. you know so you really gotta give it 100 percent all the time mm. and it's 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 hard to do and it drains you but i mean
1: it's t- listen it's it's one of those jobs where you you you're the job is unpaid hard work
0: <laughs> yeah right well you know what's so great is I don't have to pay to go on job interviews anymore so that's a plus true not that having to go to the is city anymore is yeah. so nice dude because I was I was paying what like 30 bucks Uh, at one time it was like 16 dollars to get in and out yeah round Mm -hmm. trip and then it went up even now so i can't imagine i think it's like 20 dollars now i can't imagine like going in and out of the city now for auditions i can paying that much no way i'm paying for a job interview it's so bad there was there was a time where (laughs) at one point i I was driving in for a little bit and i got a ticket and i was like oh god damn it i was like i hope i get this job just like i'll pay this ticket (laughs) (laughs) i think i think it was for that show um Oh, my God. What was that show called? It was with that girl, Poppy. Um, anyway. Oh, it was, was like, the internet
1: girl Poppy?
0: Yeah. No, no. Um, she's just a girl with red hair. Oh. It was the show I did. Um, untraceable. Uh, anyway, it was a stupid show. It uh-huh. literally got canceled after, like... the two <laughs> seasons or whatever but i was like god damn, i hope i get this episode of the show so i can pay this goddamn parking ticket uh, and i ended up getting it i was like oh thank, thank god. god yeah <laughs> oh man it's, it's, but it was just like so stupid like yeah yeah i that's the thing too um i was gonna say with consistency too is like when you're at that point i said this earlier um they'll see you and they'll go oh this guy's been around the block he can come on set and and do it like that. We don't have to worry about him. So let's let's pick him over the other guy because we know that he's going to come in, be professional, do his job, and get out of here. Especially for TV, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, because TV is very different than film. TV is like, bump bump bump. Like you have to be on time. Like, you know, the eighties yelling like, no, keep moving. We got to shoot eight scenes today. We don't have money to shoot them tomorrow. You know, it's like. It's not as relaxed as film is. Film can be more relaxing. I mean, some films, you know, they'll spend a whole day just to shoot one scene. Yeah. But TV, it's like, no, we have a week and a half to shoot this one episode. And a new director is going to come in at the end of this week, so we have to get it done. Yeah. So So I feel like they want people that are able to come in and... I think that helps, too.
1: I, I, I know that's to be true, especially now. And I've never... The last few things that I worked on, I did like a big guest star on that show God and Me, and we did maybe two takes. I remember per thing like And if you're that's the what guest I star, about TV
0: two is because you do not have more than three takes. Like even if you do shit, they're not going to give you that fourth take. They're y- taking it. If you ask, hey, hey, nope, nope, that's it. Like, and then you're going to look like a bad actor, and now you're fucked,
1: dude. Well, I yeah, that. that's I I hate it too, and. Because if you're the guest star, people might not know this. If you're coming in and the episode is more than likely about your character, they're starting the scene on you first. Everything yes, they're shooting yeah. is everything. So that first big moment, everyone's like mm-hmm. learning the blocking still and everything, and they're changing stuff. It's all on your close-ups when everybody's yeah. figuring it out. So you have to like as the guest star, it's so they much get more you pressure. In and out
0: as fast as possible, oh, right? God, it's so, so bad. like Your first day on set, yeah, your 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 close-ups are up first and it's like it is I was going to say so much pressure and you just meet everybody for the first time and everyone on the crew has been working together for like a year Yeah, and you're trying to fit in
1: and you're trying to like yeah
0: yeah like when I did Chicago Mad like two years ago like what was it it was like the sixth season or whatever yeah so these people have been working with each other for six years and I'm coming in to do these two episodes that's like I mean guest star, and I'm trying to fit in. I'm trying to like meet everybody. Yeah. I'm just saying hello to people. and I'm like, good on set now. And I'm like, I didn't even, I didn't even get to say hi to that person. Like, what's going <laughs> on? You're know? like, dance, pony dance now. And you're like, okay, okay, I'm going. Like, it's you just it's got to be ready, dude. That you just got to be ready with TV. TV's friendly, and that's what I'm saying. With like newcomers now, like that has to be terrible. That's I'm so glad I. When I was 17, I got skins because like, I can't think about like going in now or even five years ago and like being thrown onto a TV set and, mm. and having to just go. Like, I, I mean, i, w- I would be shitting my pants, you know, I know. what I mean?
2: Or now I'm
0: like, I'm ready for it. Like I can, I'm so comfortable. I could be like, yeah, I could do that tomorrow please let me do that tomorrow i need a job please i mean like, you know what i mean i know but, uh, all too well man i'll these, these people coming out of college and they don't really have the resume to back it up or stuff like that like and, and because it's so different now just with self tape i mean it's probably so scary to just just to start getting in the industry nowadays i couldn't imagine it
1: i couldn't either and i hope that people understand that this is we, this is a very real conversation we're happening, having right now about what it's like. And it's while it is daunting and it is a very competitive time, I think that in any scenario, any, any career path that you are facing, if there's something about the process that is scaring you from doing it, more than likely, I'm not going to say this is always the case, it's an indication that it's not something that you are willing to go through the shitter for, and that therefore you probably don't love it the amount that you think you do. And especially yeah. in this career, people fall in love with thif- different things. They fall in love with the product. They fall in love with the social media followers. They fall in love with the fame. Mm-hmm. They fall in love with the being at the parties and all these things. And that's so antithetical to what you yeah. actually are doing in the job that you're signing up for. Because
0: so, you're signing up to, to be an artist, right? And if, if you're not signing I'm not gonna say like you know, f everybody else who, who's not an artist and oh it's all about being an artist. Yeah, like, yeah. You yeah. Know, I, I'm not I'm not that guy, but like at the same time because I, honestly I like, I hate when people go too in depth about like well I use this method to do my kind of I can't. <laughs> just shut up dude. just. Um, but like you know if, if you're not about wanting that love of the art itself then yeah I, like it probably isn't for you. And you're going to still do it anyway, because people do. I mean, look at the TikTokers and the whatever. Mm-hmm. But like like you were saying before, I think the oversaturation and the people like that who aren't as deeply in love, it's kind of ruining the magic of what TV and movies used to be, you know what I mean, in a way. And with the shitty writing now too, which I hate this with the writing nowadays, it's like, let's take everything that's going on in the real world and just throw it in your face on TV. Uh, like COVID and stuff like that. It's like I'm watching this to escape from that world, you know. Yeah. And now you have like everyone with masks on in the shit. Like Shameless did that, and I was like, "Knives why? out, did Just it? Yeah." Like, oh my god! When I saw the glass landing, and I saw that, and then and then they had the they got a shot, and then they were able to take it off. It's like, why even put that in then? I, it was so unnecessary. It was I. I thought right away, I was like, okay, boomer humor. Yeah, (laughs) seriously, (laughs) it was. And I honestly,
1: I mean, controversial opinion, I hated that movie. I thought it was dreadful.
0: Did you? Yeah. Yeah. I hated it. I enjoyed it. It was fun, but it wasn't like, oh my God, this is, um, there's two movies I've seen this year that I love so far. Um, All's Quiet on the Western Front. I didn't see that. Who's that? Crazy. Um, it's on Netflix. It's a remake of a movie from the '30s. It's um, about World War One, okay. but on the perspective of the but on the perspective of the German side, uh. and it's the perspective of like this little kid. I mean, he's like 18 um, on the German side, and it's just it's violent. It's beautiful. It is uh, cinematography is unbelievable. Uh, it kind of like it kind of plays like 1917, but honestly, 1917 was like. Slow for me. I didn't really love it, and it was almost gimmicky in a way. Some parts of it. This is just brutally honest about like, look, this we're gonna just drop you into war, and this is it, and this mm. is how it is. I gotta and check that out. it's beautiful and scary and frightening, and and then the second movie that I love the most this year is um, um Banshees of Inertia.
1: I didn't see that, but I've heard phenomenal really things about it. Obviously, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, that's on my list to see. I wanted to you see that in theaters. That. But yeah, that's me
0: too. And I never got the chance. And then it was on HBO Max, and I was like, okay, I'm just watching at home. I'm such a bad person like that too, where like I don't go to the theater anymore, mm. and I feel really bad because I love the movie theaters and I want to go. Yeah, I'm just so busy all the time with work and now and stuff. Like I I work at the pizza restaurant during the day, and then I host trivia at night four nights a week, and then Thursday and Friday I work doubles at the pizzeria. So my only day off right now during the week is like is Saturday. It's like the only day I get to like, hang out with staff and my girlfriend and like chill. So we usually ask you end a up question. just watching movies here, but.
1: Do you, do you ever get like, considering, I mean, I think of you this way and maybe this is my perception of it and you have a false perception of yourself, but I truly believe this is the way that most people would see you. Do you get into a scenario where, like, you feel self-conscious about doing that, considering what you have done? Or do you have a scenario where maybe someone recognizes you and Uh, you're like,
0: You're the dude from the Wolf of Wall Street and you're... You know what it is? Yeah. Sometimes I feel that way and I feel like, you know... Sorry, excuse me. Like, um... I don't want to say, like, I shouldn't be doing this work, like... Mm -hmm. I don't feel that I shouldn't be doing this work because it's, like, lesser work. Yeah. I feel like I shouldn't be doing this work because I've accomplished all these things. And I've been doing it for so many years that I should be able to do what I love. And I should be doing what I love, which is acting. But that's just not how the world works. You know, if I could be acting all the time and get jobs constantly, yeah, I would... So I do love the restaurant industry. I I love working at the bagel store. I love working at the pizzeria. I, I love it and I love doing trivia at night. I really do. I love all my regulars. I love everyone I see every night that comes through for trivia. So I never get jaded in the way that it's like, Oh, I, uh, I shouldn't be doing this or I'm embarrassed that someone's going to see me at the pizzeria and think like, oh, I thought he was famous. What? Oh, you not? And yeah. like, you know, if people want to think that way, then they can go screw themselves. Dude, yes. Because like, you don't know what I'm going through or like, you know, maybe I'm up for like a really big TV show. Who cares? <laughs> like, you know, like I'm doing what I want to do. Like, yep. there are judgmental people out there. And if they want to be that way, then screw them, whatever. Um, but no, I, I personally, I never feel like that I feel like you know they can go screw themselves I know where I'm at yeah I know what I want to do and yeah the only thing I feel is like I shouldn't be doing this because I should be doing what I love but right now it's just not I don't have the opportunity right now but it's going to come and I'm going to wait and I'm going to keep working hard and I'm going to get there eventually oh I know and, you, you know man. you feel you feel roles where you I mean like we were talking about before you feel it where you're like oh this one fits me like a glove and you know like trial Chicago 7 like when I did that audition room I was the only one with long hair and a beard and right away I knew I have a 40% more chance than anyone in here just because of my look. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm going to beat the shit out of that and really take hold of that and be like, you know, because, you know, it's just that role fit me better. And that happens. Like you could be you could be the best actor in the world, but a role might not fit you at that certain time or point. Yeah. Or you know, you could be the worst actor in the world and they might give you it because you you look a certain way or there's one thing that the director likes that's different. So that's why I never get like sad when I don't get an audition. I go, you know, I gave it the best I could and I did a really great job. It's not that I'm a bad actor, it's that I'm it's just not right for this one. Yeah, And that's how I deal with rejection. And I know that's really hard and it's, it's one of the main reasons people quit It's because of rejection, right? Um, people get really upset. They can't handle like, you know, going on 20 auditions and never hearing back from a call, you know, um, I go on 20 auditions now and I'm like, I, I can't even count now. I'm just like, Oh, okay. Well, what, what did I, what did I audition for? What? I just wait. And like, maybe I, if I get a call, I'm like, wait, what was that project? Oh, they're still doing that. Oh, oh, okay. Cool. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't, you can't care. You have to just, after the audition is done, you have to throw it in a bin and not think about it at all. Because you're never going to get like a yes or no. They don't tell you right after, oh, they're not going with you. You just never get a call. You know what I mean? And people can't handle that sometimes. I, I understand
1: tough. it. It is tough. It's very tough. It's not for everybody. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, did you have Do you have any scenarios or from working with the people that you've worked with where you either learned something or they gave you a piece of advice or you like there was a, a memorable like watching somebody act that you kind of like. i it, learned it transformed so much.
0: You? Um. I've learned so much over the years from different actors I've worked with and um, I mean, obviously the number one person was was Meryl Streep. I uh, I did this movie called Hope Springs. I had this small role with Meryl Streep and they called rehearsal and, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm freaking out. I go, oh my God, like they're going to have rehearsal. Meryl Streep's going to come walking through the door and we're going to rehearse. They call rehearsal. Some random woman walks through the door. I'm like, the heck i was like that's not meryl streep who the heck is that you know and then she like comes up she does the whole scene with me and i'm just doing the scene with her i have no clue who she is i've never seen her in my life i thought meryl streep was supposed to be doing the scene with me and they go okay rehearsal's done oh she doing? we're just doing it for blocking and rehearsal's done all right we're gonna go right to camera all right action and they go action and meryl streep comes in does the whole scene in one take all right meryl you're good to go we're just gonna get danny's coverage now. I was like, what the hell? She doesn't even do her own rehearsals, bro. She just, like, I guess maybe she watches at the monitor? I have no idea. I have no idea. But, like, literally, I was, like, freaking out, being like, this woman's gonna walk in on rehearsal. It's the first time I'm meeting her. The first time I met her and did the scene with her was literally when they called action. And it was just, like, I was like, there's no way. Oh. I was like, this woman doesn't do her own rehearsals. This woman is, like... And I always say to myself, I want to be to the point as an actor, where I don't have to do rehearsals, <laughs> where I'm that good that I can just watch someone do the be like okay, got it, let's go. <laughs> you know and the character so
1: well that you that can just yeah. You don't need to. I that point, it out. you're not <laughs>
0: acting. You're just you're, and that's what I love about acting too. Is you're not acting. You're just living life, yeah. right? You're when you are securely in that moment, that feels so good. And it's almost like when they call cut, and I'm sure you've had this before working, where it's almost like. Okay, a a good example of this is, you know when you're driving and you get home and you don't even like remember the drive home and you're just like, wow, what the... I feel like when you have like a really good scene and you're really in it, it feels like that. And once they call cut, you were like in a trance. You weren't there, you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And sometimes when I feel like the best takes is when I come out of a take and I feel that feeling and I go like, okay, I'm not going to do it better than that because I was totally lost in the moment. Yeah. And there's no way that... I'm going to be able to do it without thinking again because like, that felt so good. Because
1: you were really listening and that doesn't happen all the time. Yeah, it's like,
0: no, it's like a trance. So I feel like that Meryl Streep is just in that moment all the time. That takes some Um, freaking skill. Another great advice I got, so I did this movie The Contest and I worked with this uh, very lovely lady, Mary Beth Peel. She played my grandmother, amazing actress and I kept forgetting the lines in this one scene and I got really frustrated with myself because, you know, I've never really had that problem up until that point during shooting. Um, that day was just, I was just really tired. I It was really early, early in the morning and, you know, um, the way that movie was shot too, dude, he changed the script like every two days. Oh. He had a, a olive script, a pink script. Oh, today we have the white script. I'm like, is this even going to be the same movie by the time we're done shooting? Like you're changing the script every day. So it changes this whole scene last minute. So I get to set and I have to relearn this whole scene. And I keep forgetting the lines. And Mary Beth, she says to me, she goes, don't worry about anything that's on the paper. She's like, that doesn't matter. She's like, you're here with me. And these are what we're talking about you being upset because this kid is backstabbing you during the contest and that's all you have to do and i'm your grandmother and just talk to me like your grandmother and literally like we did this take and like i improv half of the freaking lines and it did, i didn't care what was on the paper and it was the best take it's the one they used in the movie and from that day on now like acting like i barely like unless it's tv like where like because sometimes tv like you've got to be like really yes. punctual I'll just like not even go with the script anymore, even on auditions, like because like, you know, I used to spend so much time like really like having to learn the script on auditions. And now I just like kind of wing it and I feel like I get better performances out of myself because I'm more authentic to myself mm-hmm. and the character that way when I'm just letting it flow, you know, and Mary Beth taught me she was like. Does not don't. She's like, if you keep reading that over and over again, you're gonna memorize it eventually. But you're gonna start talking like a robot. Mm. She's like, you're not gonna be feeling what because you're just trying to think the next line. And you can tell. You can look at yourself and you can tell that you're, you know,
1: especially when uh, you've gotten to a point where you're shooting and you have to just do your job. And the best action you can take is just listening and responding. That's that's gonna get the best performance.
0: I went somewhere recently that's that's what Tom Holland does, actually. Um, he, like, doesn't stick to lines, like, ever or barely read scripts. Hmm. He'll just, like, go in and just, like, just start doing crap. Well, they won't like, send him oh, scripts, works. so he but probably has
1: to. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. No one <laughs> to send him the script. Yeah, I heard that recently, um, that, yeah, that he just, like, barely follows scripts, and it's really funny. And um, Mary Beth taught me that back in the day, which I just found so amazing yeah and it just really helped me like i did a lot of improv when i was younger and like all my theater career when i was younger was all like improv and stuff and i just love that and that's why i want to do improv comedy so bad too but um when you can get into that moment that's that's what acting is right you're making if you can make a moment as authentic as possible that the person watching you at home or in that movie theater can their hair stick up and they feel the same emotion you feel that's what every actor wants to do right we want to make someone feel something yeah and if you can let go enough to make that happen i think that's the beauty of the art itself and that's why i do it you know i i I don't know because then you i mean you feel it too you know what i mean and i don't know i just love that so much yeah i think if you're doing it i want to do that and then when i felt that it's like you want to do that for the rest of your life you know what i mean I I, I I know all too well,
1: man. In those moments that yeah. you're acting in it, you feel a release, or you feel like a, a change in your own body. That's like that's the the high mm-hmm. that I keep looking for. I I I can yeah. always. i like, I'm like it yeah, it is. It is, like, it a is drug. like a drug. Um, and it's it, when when you've when you've tasted it. And I think it's the same thing that stand-up comics say, you know, when you go on stage and you taste that, the laughter from the audience, it is a drug unlike anything
0: else, and... Uh, And don't be scared, I want to say to the audience out there, don't be scared to be assertive, because, you know, like, some people, I remember going to set sometimes when I was younger, and I kind of, like, curled into a ball, kind of, instead of being, like, assertive or being like, hey, can I say the line this way, or trying to do it a different way, like... I think back and I don't ask, just do it and surprise people, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And like really show them. It's crazy with um, Wolf of Wall Street, right? We didn't have a script. It just literally said like John Bernthal sells drugs to kids. That was the script. So when I went to the audition, Ellen Lewis just had us um, sell drugs and that was it. And I just did all these like crazy, stupid, funny things in there. And I just kept doing a bunch of different takes and I remember just like making them laugh and I was like, oh, that's great. So we get to, I get to New York city in the morning to shoot that morning and we're in a pass van and there's two kids in the van behind me and we're going to pick up John Bernthal. We stop in front of John Bernthal's apartment or hotel, wherever the heck he was staying and he comes out and he gets in the van. And he's just immediately like, all right, what are you guys gonna talk about today? Like, uh, what do you guys think? Like, talk about pussy, talk about girls. And I was like, yeah, man, we could talk about girls, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'm thinking about maybe hitting you, the, one of you in the dick with a baseball bat. Can I hit one of you in the dick with a baseball bat? And the kid behind me was like, no, I don't wanna get hit in a dick with a baseball bat. And he ends up in the back seat, falling asleep and like nodding off the whole ride to set into Queens. And now I'm just sitting in the front with John And me and John are just shooting the shit about what what we're going to make the scene about, what we're going to say. And we just, the whole car ride into Queens, we write the whole entire scene while the kid in the back is falling asleep. I wasn't even supposed to be like the main, I was actually kid number two or whatever originally. And what happened was we got there, me and John just like went off. We didn't, Martin wasn't there, was the second director unit for that scene. And Martin was supposed to show up, but he was stuck in the courthouse with Leo. Apparently Leo was having a a rough day in the courthouse, so he never made it to set. But um, anyway, me and John just started riffing. And we did so many takes of all this, like, different... Like, there's so much that we did that's actually in the movie. In the movie, it's this short. And there's, like, some stuff that I wish they, like, kept... Obviously, the movie's so long, I'm not going to keep it. Yeah. But uh, he kept calling me Zip. And he was like in all this, in all the improvs and he was like, yeah, Zip, like tell your sister Zip, you know, and I ended up getting credited as Zip and getting an actual name and credit and it was great and I was supposed to just be, you know, drug kid number two or whatever. So that's what I'm saying, you gotta be assertive, man, and you just gotta go with the wind and just take the bulls by the horn and like if something like that happens, just do it. Don't be the kid in the back falling asleep. That's all I'm to say. That's great advice. Yeah. And it
1: happens I mean I when I did with Jermaine Clement uh, when I did the movie people places things it was the same thing college kid number whatever But I had such a good rapport with him that he just he was calling me Paul And we had this we created this whole story of like me being like this kid who like goes and parties and is like is so oblivious to everything like I became uh, a wow. character that wasn't yeah. even written on the page And then I got credited <laughs> as Paul instead of because he kept saying Paul to me He's like Paul have you ever been to Queens? And I was like, uh, I think like once for a party He's like, yeah, see once like and we had this whole back and forth thing about all that stuff and so that got translated into that and even like what we did in the garden like my character and even with you like I, I... all of, basically ninety percent of that movie was improv, especially stuff yeah. like. I mean, you had written lines, before for like, my was character, which
0: let us which was great. Yeah. But yeah,
1: I I just was like screaming at the top of my I, lungs. I just
0: ripping shit. I <laughs> like, that, that, those nights were so fun, man. We had so much fun on that set. Dude. I I did have, have a really lot of fun. Did.
1: Yes, I had a lot of fun yeah. on that set and. I, being
0: huge buttheads in that movie we were such assholes god, in that movie yeah.
1: I was a whole I was I, I, uh, I was awful people terrible awful terrible people. terrible yeah. people that I've seen I, before re- I,
0: I remember like they would call cut and be like oh my god we're going to hell I know oh my god I, <laughs> oh my god, I, know, I feel I so bad I feel so bad but like you know but that's, that's that, that is that is and, that's
1: what you do, and that's yeah. the, the, the the price you pay for authenticity sometimes. And we really yeah. kind of went there for that. Um, and if
0: you want to show the the violence that's in the world and portray it like. You know, sometimes you gotta do that to shine light on it right so
1: yeah it was and it, it, it was doing. important Just, for that movie yeah, I want to ask exactly. you dude too um, we do this on the show a lot of the time We, uh, Keith I'm sure you've noticed I've kind of freaking haven't asked the last couple of guests but I want to make sure we come back to it um, and this will be a good person to, to ask it to
0: is there an ex- before you ask me this question can I say one thing yes uh, so you were asking me about people before I said Meryl Streep I said Mary Beth Peel and John Brenthal. there was one more mark rylance oh my
1: favorite actor of all time
0: dude he is my favorite actor in the universe so just watching him perform like dude chills first of all he's one of the best actors but it's not just that every day on set he would bring this little hockey stick hockey game right and he'd be like all right who's playing and we'd like play this game and he was the nicest man. Good morning. What's up, guy? Like the nicest person. Like just like you want him to be on set every day cuz he's such a lovely person. You know what I am? Yeah. And I know I know me and you are very much this way. We go out of our way to talk to the crew and like, you know, just people cuz we're just there to work like everyone else, you know. You take it as a job and everyone else is your coworker, you know. And some actors don't think like that. Some actors I won't say some names, but, you know, some actors will just go to the trailer, not eat lunch with anyone, you know, be an asshole, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, I had this one actress who was like, I have a date with J.J. Uh, Abrams' assistant tomorrow and you're treating me like this? This is like a long time. I'm like, how do these people get hired, dude? I know. Anyway, nicest guy in the world, literally went out of his way to like make us play this game, this hockey game. It was so much fun. And like. On top of that, he just like, when they call action, snaps into it and you watch him work. And it's like watching, like, I don't know, it's like watching Michelangelo paint the Sistine Chapel. You're like, holy shit. So like, top, top, Mark Rollins is the coolest, nicest person I've ever worked with. And I hope I get to work with him again because he's just top tier guy, man nicest guy
1: I, I don't know if anyway, I talked yeah, about it show. no I, I don't know if I talked about it on this I talked it on on Crispin's podcast or maybe it was our episode I can't remember but Mark Rylance in the play Jerusalem
0: changed my life his performance wow. in that play changed my life I seeing him live I didn't think about that yeah I see I'm very fortunate I was able to see him live because I was in the film
2: yeah <laughs> um,
0: but yeah seeing him on stage yeah I mean you get the same experience and isn't it wild man I Isn't was that was one of the only plays I got to sit front at?
1: row, and I got to sit in front row for that play, and just wow. to, I, I was like, I literally the whole play I'm like this. That's what I want to do. That is
0: what I want to do. So yeah great guy, great actor. phenomenal? Phenomenal. I just like, it gives me chills thinking about it and like the memories I have from it and like, oh my god, so funny. So funny, <laughs>
2: crazy.
0: Well, here's, this, this question's in a similar vein, but the, the only
1: caveat with this question is it doesn't have to be related to your professional life. It can be. Um, a lot of people interpret this question any way they want, so allow okay, yourself okay. to be more than likely the first thing that comes to your mind, but is there an experience you've had in your life it can be anything. It can be with an animal, a friend, a family member. It can be with a coworker where it had such a profound impact on you, on your DNA, that it altered something in your mind, your body, your philosophy of life. And you think that people would really uh, benefit from hearing that experience.
0: Hmm. Oh, that's so hard. Um, hmm. You know what it. Uh...
1: I know the Something ones are flowing re- there. Rephrase, there.
0: Rephrase the question one more time. So
1: is there an experience that you've had, and it doesn't have to be professional, but it can be with, mm-hmm. like, a family member, an experience. So that could be, like, you know, literally yeah, watching yeah. the that sunset. That changed my life. That, that kind oh. of – or, or not changed necessarily, but it had such an influence on you that it's one of those memories that constantly revisits you or it's one of those lessons that you live by or it's
0: – I'll just say the first things that pop into my head. Please. I guess, okay, when I, was, when I was five, I was uh, running back and forth across the street and my dad was, like, waking or whatever – he was like, stop running in the streets. I told you to stop running in the street. And I was just like being a little ass, you know, and my brother is riding his bike in the road and I'm running across the street and I run back across the street this way. And my brother's on his bike coming this way. And I, he goes, I don't know how to break. I don't know how to break. And there's a car right here. My, my uncle Brian's car. And he hits me and I get plowed into the, between the car and his bike. I black out. I wake up. My head is in the middle of the bike like this. There's a spoke through my ear and another spoke through my head. My dad comes up to me. He rips the spoke out of my ear. So now my ear is pierced. He rips the spoke out of my head. Rips me out of the bike. drags me by the hair up the driveway. Goes, I told you not to cross the street. Throws me in the back of the minivan right to Valley Hospital. I get like, I think it was like 50 stitches all across my head. Um, They stitch my ear That was a moment in my life, even though I was so young, where I was like, wow, like I almost died. I I barely know what dying is, you know, I'm like five, but it made me start thinking about life in a way like that. And I think I look back on that moment and being like, you know, like life is short, life is crazy. You never know what's going to happen. Don't be an idiot. And live life to your fullest while you're still here on earth. Mm-hmm. And I think those moments of like, and I've had other moments like that too, where like, you know, my dog bit a part of my face off one time, all those moments where I really like get hurt. But that moment <laughs> specifically like <laughs> haunts me to this day. Cause it was just like such a terrifying experience in my life. And, you know, it really helps me understand how lucky I am and how lucky I am to be, in the place where I'm able to do this career that I love and I'm able to pick these career paths. And, and that's why I don't give up because I'm like, you know, I'm so lucky just to be on this earth and be born in the town that I was born in, in, in the situation that I was born in, in this life that like, I got to take the bull by the horns and really like strive for like what I want and never take anything for granted. You know what I mean? Because your brother could run you over with a bike and you could die.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that is, uh, terrifying. I'm glad that that didn't happen. I gotta imagine it was, uh,
0: life changing. I, I,
1: yeah, you survived. I've had many of situations where I remember I'll give you mine where I was over this past, uh, kind of couple of years, I was having some medical trouble and, they had me going in for an MRI of my brain, and I really was convinced that I had brain cancer. And a lot of the signs were pointing towards brain cancer. And I remember oh, wow. I said to myself, and it's funny to say this now, because I remember going into the MRI. I was like, I had already, like, the going up to that moment to get the MRI, I was in my head telling myself that this is it. Like, I'm going to have a few months, years left to live. I had come to terms. I came to peace in a way with, like...
0: Wow, that's really terrifying. It
1: was terrifying, man. I came to peace with that being the idea, and it was scary. When I say came to peace, it was I, I went crying and screaming doing it. You know, I was course, so scared. Yeah. And I go to the MRI, and I'm waiting for the results, and I get the confirma- confirmation that it was clean. I'm like, the MRI was clean. I'm like, what? And I told lust, myself, wow. if I got out of that situation, I would have such a lust and zest for life, and I'd be so grateful because I had stared the freaking Grim Reaper in the face. I know it's kind of weird to say that because it wasn't like a literal sense, but from every point that I was experiencing it, it was so real. It was so real for me. I had come to terms with what my life was going to be like if that was the case. And I literally started calling up like cancer research foundations. And I was like, I want to be involved. And I, and you know, I started like helping out, figuring out ways to contribute to like homelessness and things like that. And I never, and it's sad that that's, the thing that had to happen to me to, to, to really open my eyes to like what the value of life is. So, you know, and, and I have to remind myself still, I at least it, at least it happened.
0: Though. I mean, there's yeah. many people who go through life and don't even, you know
1: have that awakening don't even think about
0: that or even yeah
1: yeah well I'm just selfish i'm lucky to be here and uh i'm lucky to know you I mean, dude and i miss you I'm and
0: be, yeah i miss you so much it's man.
1: been too long i got we have to catch up when i'm in jersey or something or if you freaking come out here because inevitably in the next few months i have a feeling no yeah, not in a few know, months. i'm
0: just like working all the time going crazy yeah you know, stressed out everyone's stressed out obviously and like you know drinking a little too much than I should be, obviously, because then you get stressed out and mm-hmm. then you get discouraged and, you know, everyone gets discouraged. And you know, I feel like we painted acting as pretty scary to the audience. It's not scary. It's wonderful and beautiful. And you have to be able to like, enjoy that fear, you know yeah. what I mean? Like. Enjoy that fear and get ready for it. And if you, if it's something you want to pursue, I feel like you definitely should. And you know the best option because people ask me all the time. They say like, "Hey, how do I get into acting?" I always tell them the same thing. I say, "Go on backstage, go on." go on backstage, go on Actors Access, you know, just start sending stuff out, go do those college films for free, build up that resume. Because once you have that little bit of resume built up, people are going to take you a little bit more seriously, then send out that resume to a manager or whatever. But you know what, you got to work for free for a little bit to, to, you know, work on your craft, right? You don't just become an actor overnight, you know, you got to work on your craft. I mean, people go to school for years to do it and they pay to perfect their craft you know what i mean yeah but the best way to do it is just to start doing it like go do those free nyu films for free go go search for you know little theater production companies just to get your foot your feet wet right and i'm glad you and said just, that and just jump
1: in i'm glad you said that because acting is not scaring acting is like you said this beautiful magical it could be a freaking the most yeah. freeing experience you ever had but the thing that I don't like is a lot of people who who try to paint this, like, easy way or, like, mm-hmm. the fact that you you sign up for this course and you're going to get a guest star in a couple I months. Like, it's thing. such a predatory thing. And the thing that's very important is understanding that acting, you become the CEO of a small business that you are running. And that small yeah, business really, you are running really is as, like, you are running any small business, any startup. Like, yeah. go to any restaurant. Any brand new restaurant and ask that person if it was easy to more. And 90% of those restaurants will tell you it was tough as hell for us to get yeah, started to do. And and we struggle yeah. financially hiring like all these crazy things that happen. Mm-hmm. But they love it. Yeah. So you yeah. have to understand the life you're and I wish I really wish someone was as real to me. As they could have been about the business because it was so shocking to me and I felt like I yeah, was like in cold water yeah, getting electrocuted and I'm like, why is this not why am I not why am I twenty four yeah. and I'm not Michael J. Fox right
0: now? That's yeah. what I thought was gonna happen. Well, that was like me, right? So like I started when I was ten, I didn't get my real, real first job till seventeen. So for those years I'm like, Oh, is there something wrong with me? Like yeah. why why am I not cute enough as a kid? Like am I not, you know? No, it's not. There's nothing wrong with you you just you got to get better you got to you know that like you said you need finances to start up any small business your finances for your startup are improving yourself improving your craft improving your um your ability to you know public speak talk with people have conversations with you know directors and and, and people you know it it is a popularity contest right you want them to like you it is i mean And then once they like you, then you can show them what you have to offer. Right. But you need those people skills to get to that point, to show them your skills. And people skills are very, very important in this business. And I remember I was very, I started out kind of shy at first and I mean, and that probably prevented me from getting certain jobs when I was like 13, 14. Mm. And then I broke out of that shell and I was like. I got to be more assertive like we were talking about before yeah and i gotta not i gotta not be in my head and and, and think about like oh well maybe i should ask if i should do the line this way no i'm just going to perform the line this way and see if they like it and it will surprise them oh and that's what happened like when i was younger i did this um college show i i, I started making more choices for myself instead mm. of asking how I should say this line or asking the director this and that. I just started making those choices and being like, oh, I'm going to do it this way, this this take and see if it works. Mm. And I started learning that like the freedom of acting and, and what it is, you know, like all great actors do that, right? Um, they have this like great freedom and it took me a while to learn that freedom. And once i did i really had my stride going more so you can't be afraid to take risks and you can't be a way to you know play a character one way because you're afraid just try it and if the director doesn't like it they'll they'll tell you they'll be like yeah. do that with shit trying <laughs> but don't be afraid to try it because like even with auditions too like the crazier the audition the, the more likely they're going to remember you yeah right so like tr- do something like I just did an audition for something recently I don't know if I can talk about it well I didn't sign an NDNA so I could talk about it right well be vague I try to be vague I tried out for a Amazon series about a popular video game series uh apocalyptic uh (laughs) video game series you might be catching my drift uh Uh there's some vaults involved and um you know I I played this crazy character and i decided and i i I can't say what the character was but i uh i decided to have like a a pocket knife and and like chew on the pocket knife and like act a little bit more crazy you know and i haven't heard back just yet but like you know i wasn't afraid to take that risk i wanted to show like i don't know i just wanted to be as crazy as possible for some reason and i took a risk you know and i might hear back and i might not but like you made you it fun for you, to though, just...
1: too. You made it like. Exactly. I did it
0: fun for me. Yeah. And I felt like I did the best I could because that's how I would want the character to be seen. Yes. You know, it's like I want the character to be crazy. Like, that'd be so cool. You know? It's a great lesson and right maybe there. they didn't think of it, the character that way. There's been so many times where, like, the director or producer won't even think of a character that way. And then you come in and change their mind about it. And now the character is something they didn't even think of to begin with. You know what I mean? Exactly. And Be- you've made it that way.
1: When they hire a lot of great actors, they hire these great actors because when they show up, they're going to bring a whole other layer that they never thought of. And we think because we're not, you know. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix or whoever it is, you know, like we think because we're not that person, we don't have the liberty in the audition room to have that same mentality where we're like, no, I envision the character this way. And I think it's going to elevate the material when the second you adopt that for yourself at your young ripe age, that's when people start remembering you
0: dude it's funny because i when once i started doing that i swear to god i i started getting like more callbacks and when i was able to really free myself of these i felt like i had like restraints on Mm -hmm. right and once i was able to just like like you just said like oh i'm not hawking phoenix so i can't do that like i shouldn't do that because they're gonna think weird of me or whatever like no do what you think is awesome because you want it to be awesome yeah right and if they like it then they think you're awesome too then you get the part if they don't think it's awesome psh, they're lost yeah and they're probably you know? a weirdo so screw them <laughs> yeah. yeah but I swear I started getting more callbacks and stuff when I just I started to care less about what other people thought and yeah. that's like when I work in the pizza restaurant too I don't care uh you work in a pizza restaurant I thought you I thought you graduated high school and then became like an actor I mean, you know, that's, that's... I like pizza, all right? (laughs) Well, dude, I... I I say that all the time. Even if I get, like, a big job, I'll still do trivia when I can because I love my... I love my customers that come, and I love doing trivia and hosting trivia, and I, I really do enjoy it. It's yeah. so great.
1: And I think a lot of actors get obsessed with this like mentality of being bigger than anything, and it's something that you have by doing something like that is a sense of community and real people who are rooting for you, and a sense of fulfillment when you come home and you're like, I just got yeah. this thing. Those people are probably like, Heck yeah! A lot of actors they think they're gonna go rogue and be this Mr. Hollywood or Mrs. Hollywood and whatever. It's it's not as enjoyable. Yeah. when you have this yeah. high and mighty mentality about what, uh, you know, success is as an actor. So I really, I commend mm-hmm. you for being very real about everything and your situation and what it takes to pursue this
0: career. I, I have- I think more people have to be real because I think it, it's not talked about enough in this industry. And, and like you said before, people don't want to talk about it because they don't want to, they don't want to show the world that there is that side because they want to act like everything's hunky-dory because they want to perceive that their life is like that, hoping like fake it till you make it. I guess kind of, right? A hundred percent. And, and, but there are a lot of struggles that come with it. And I don't want to scare anyone away from acting and talking about them, but they are real things. And, and if you're going to get into acting, you know, it's a point of experience. (laughs) <laughs> to know That like these things exist And people don't talk about them enough And I think it's really important to show that These points of experience are are going to happen to you And you're going to have to You know Strap up those pants and just like keep going, baby And
1: love it yeah. enough to where you can That can happen to you And you're still going to love the art the same way yeah. And it's not going to be affected by it But it's it's very important to talk about this And I'm, I'm glad you do I mean, I, I try to be as transparent as possible And I think especially in the voiceover world Which is what a lot of people know me from I try to, you know, people think I yeah. I did this one job in a video game and, like, oh, life is great for you now. It's like I'd been doing shit for 10 years prior and
0: yeah. nobody... I mean, you were working for... So- I mean, you're older than me, right? So, like, even when I first started meeting at auditions, like, you were doing it for years before me even, and uh, probably. And it's just so funny, like... I mean, that grind, though, you know what I mean? the like, grind, yes. <laughs> you were on that grind and I was, like yeah I was doing it but it's a different kind of grind you know like you're at this point where you're like okay I'm in New York City like this is it you know what I mean like and just sink or swim that, like, <laughs> yeah sink or swim just the fact that you didn't give up and it just shows that like where you are now yeah you're you're doing all this stuff now but I'm sure you're still fighting and you're still fighting
1: every day, dude. I am. I'm literally working. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm almost a bit of a workaholic in a way, but, and and the reason why this podcast is so important to me is because I, I truly feel for my younger version of myself that had no access and resources to things. And there wasn't the transparency Mm -hmm. of the conversations we're having about things because it hurt. It hurts so much more being 24, four years old, 25, and not having the, this, not being Michael J. Fox and having my own series in my career and thinking I had to like, you know, I had to start my own website design business and I had to be a personal assistant and I had to like, you know, figure out ways to make money. I literally, I don't know if I've ever talked about this on this show. I hope I have. I used to go and be like a medical student for people and like have dot, basically be half naked, get paid 250 bucks for people to do like mock clinical trials on me where they had to like I had to pretend I had a hernia and things you I was doing do what you anything do to
0: keep the dream alive. I was
1: handing out yeah. flyers in the middle of freaking like port authority where people were spitting on you for bothering them like I was doing everything yeah. like and and I say that and it and I wear them all like badges of honor because yeah. I knew that what I was doing to, 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 to kept, kept me in the game and it let me keep living in the city and it kept me letting to, you know, go to each audition if I was at home yeah, and if I was, you know, giving up and I was decided to pursue another career, like fully, like, you know, pursue another career. wouldn't be where you're at today. I wouldn't be.
0: No. So I, and that would be so sad because the Paul I see today is (laughs) my favorite Paul. Well, right
1: back at you, dude. And uh, honestly, I'm really glad that you, you got to come on here. I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're having more, uh, Actors come on and we talk about this side of things because I know a lot of people here listen to to voiceover stuff. But it's, it's so important because it starts with the acting for me. It always starts with the acting. Yeah. And especially seeing someone like you who the career that you've had, you know um, – I, I, I mean I, just quickly too like so many of the people that you've worked with like I even like when you did ask for Jane like I just like all like the, the, the producers that were on
0: that were people that I've worked. like yeah. it's so insular yeah. and you meet these same people
1: yeah. it's it's a very it's small it's crazy it's
0: and that's the thing about not giving up is that like you know it is a very small scene and you do see the same people I mean a lot of the movies that I worked on I've worked with a lot of the same crew yeah you know like guys that worked on Chicago 7 I worked on, like, a movie with Victoria Justice six years ago, a small indie film, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, hey, what's up, Connor? Hey, what's up? Well, the People that, like, I know. And I'm like, i worked with them so many on all these different projects. And it's kind of like we grew up together. Like, we were doing small indies, and now we're all working on... With Aaron Sorkin yeah. together, and it's like cool to like be with the same people. I'm like, oh my god, like yeah, I know I'm freaking out and I'm working on this. Like, he's like, yeah, me too. I'm an AC, but still, it's me. like you know, like But, like, yeah, like,
1: but that's so important yeah. too, in like the relationships you have with the crew, and that goes across the board yeah. because, like, let's say the the, the assistant to the sound uh, mixer is on set, and you become friends with that person. If your sound's coming in shitty right if that person's your friend they're gonna be like hang on a second you know danny's mic right now is coming up real scratchy whereas like if you're a dick they might just say screw him." it's gonna sound
0: like shit then they're gonna be like yeah
1: and maybe we'll get someone else to adr for him because
0: screw that guy you know what's great too is when you know if you're like if you're friends with the cameraman right so like a lot of the guys that i've worked on americans with over the years americans kind of screwed some of those guys over they um they couldn't afford a lot of the camera guys, so I think it was like season four. They like switched out the whole camera crew, which kind of sucked. But I knew this guy, Andrew, for years, and he was like the man. And I would see him on these like uh, these indie films I was doing. And he'd be like, Oh, I'm gonna get like a close up of Danny on this shot. And he'd like, Wink at me. And like, he'd get me more camera time because <laughs> he's like my boy. And he'd be like, Yeah, I think uh, uh, like a uh, camera B is gonna just do just a shot of Danny on this one. And he'd like, Wink at me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and making a movie sometimes like yeah dude he's the
1: man man see you gotta yeah. that's i mean that's the the, the essence of all of this and that's why just i love don't be
0: an asshole d- in general don't be yeah, an asshole but, and but
1: yeah i i just i really cher- cherish <laughs> you know you and and i i love seeing you kill it and i know you're gonna keep killing it and thank you for just all Thanks, the honesty man. and the, the the truth here of this um i'm excited to see your script when you're done with it please send it to me I will read it I am yeah, so too. honest right. about that I will right. read right. it you know me um and yeah dude it's been awesome to have you on so thank you
0: dude it's been awesome man I, I really appreciate it like you're you're the best obviously uh, when you were moving out to LA I was kind of sad but you know <laughs> you're doing great things over there and I'm really really proud of you I'm happy for you and I just you know I'm so excited whenever I see. You do all these wonderful things and they like this show. So thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for giving me the platform where, you know, I can talk about these things because I've been trying to like, get these points across somehow, but like, you know, it's not that people don't want to listen. It's it's hard to get the platform where you can do it and you're creating a platform for, you know, all these voice actors and these wonderful people to come and just like, you know, talk about the industry and, and be real and honest. And, you know, that's what it's about and that that's where the that's where the good stuff is,
1: you know. Hey man, it's my pleasure. There's enough fluff out there. I I think people are thirsting for what is actually to come out and I think a lot of people get scared by it and so be it. Let me be the the bad guy if that's the way you view things, but I I really I'd feel so disserviced to everybody if we weren't real about what it takes and the hard work and yeah, the the, the sweat and the tears and stuff. So I really appreciate you talking about the stuff that you did and uh we'll have you back on man. We'll 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 have to yeah. do a uh a what do they call them like when it's a I don't know you become a friend of the show you're a friend of the show now as, as we show? say. oh yeah. man I <laughs>
0: hey thank you so much well you're always my friend no matter what yeah so. yeah well the fr- that's, thank you so that's, much, that's the
1: corny like talk show I know, yeah. thing that they <laughs>
0: yeah, I know you're so uh, right. but yeah dude thank show. you so
1: much for coming on everybody
0: yeah come on whenever man it's been a lot of fun talking to you man for sure oh dude can I tell you one last story yeah go really ahead quick it's something really funny um so, sometimes you're perfect for roles, but sometimes your friends will come and they will take the role from you. So, my friend Charlie Tahan, he played the Scarecrow on the Batman series on television. I forget what it was called Gotham. Gotham, yeah. He played Scarecrow in Gotham. Um, and he was doing Ozark season two at the time, or season one. So, he couldn't come and do Scarecrow, so they were recasting his role. So, I went in, um, basically, I have the role. I'm going to shoot in like two days and I'm going to be the new scarecrow in Gotham. Charlie hits me up. Hey, what are you doing, Danny? You want to skate? And I was like, you're home. Like, why are you home? I thought like you were, you're in Georgia filming Ozark. He's like, Oh, well, someone like got cast as my part as scarecrow in Gotham. So I decided to come home and just shoot for like a couple days. I was like, that was me. I got the part in Gotham. You just stole your own part from me that I stole from you. And then you stole it back from me. What the heck? <laughs> How funny is that? That's
1: insane.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my god. So he gosh. got the he
0: got the production to let him come back to shoot Gotham, so he didn't lose his part on it. But I was already cast in it, and I was like, I stole the part from you, and then you stole it back from me. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, <laughs> <It> was... dude. <laughs> Such Bittersweet. A funny story. Bittersweet. Oh, yeah, I love it. I'm like, well, good. Like, I mean, you deserve to do it. I'm glad that production let you come and, you know, do because you, you he was great at Scarecrow. Yeah. Man. But it's just so, such a funny story. And that is that is the epitome of the industry right there, man. Yeah. That is the epitome of the ups and downs and the love and hate.
1: And you can hate that person who got the job or you can cheer them on and you can call them a friend exactly. and a comrade and realize that this is a relay race and we're all here to lift each other up and share. And we're so. all in it
0: together. Exactly. We're not. It's not. I don't really see us a competition I see it as a uh I see it as A rising deadly, tide raises um,
1: all ships, man. It's an old saying yeah. that it stands true for this industry. and We're all on
0: we are all on the crew searching for
1: the one piece. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: so, and I'm, so come and on all, grand all, all, <laughs> all <laughs> our hopes and dreams.
0: <laughs> I'm on episode like 378. Oh, right good, now. good. I'm so going, you're deep, man. You're I'm deep. I'm grinding, bro. I'm grinding. It is a grind. It's a, it's it's, a grind. It's a grind. Oh. My friends caught up with them and the show and he's all caught up and I'm like oh my god you're crazy bro. Like, how, how, how are you caught up I'm, I, like, I'm envy, so I
1: envy the fresh experiences of anime and
0: manga that I've already yeah. enjoyed but um all right. everyone go watch One Piece it will take over your life but just go do it <laughs> <laughs> it's worth it it's worth it
1: alright yeah, dude just, thank you so much for coming yeah, on we will you have so you much, back man. much love Danny so Flyer great, everybody
0: man. hey man love you so much thank you so much for having me bro Take care, everybody. Thanks for watching. Have a good one.
1: It's really a nice gift to be able to sit down and talk with someone who's doing this for real at a very competitive level and have them be as raw and honest and truthful about the process. And I hope everybody who's listening to this episode is not discouraged from what the reality of being a actor, an artist for life is. Danny has been doing this for, you know, over a decade uh, he is one of the most talented people I know, and if you watch any of the roles that he is in, he, he commits everything he has to it. And it's just a reality of what it's like. It's not all Hollywood and lights and, you know, your, your people are just calling you up once you've done one big gig. It's a struggle and a fight for most of us. And there's no job security, and a lot of it is luck. And I really am glad that we're able to paint a truthful picture of, of what it's like to be an actor and the reality for most people. So if you're in love with the art and this is something that means the world to you just to be able to perform, and you can't, like, n- not that you can't live without it, but it's so ingrained in you, and you get such pleasure from it that you need to do it, then you know you're on the right track. Um, what a uh, what a privilege. What a privilege to call Danny a friend. Um, thank you guys for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, and we will see you all on the next one.